Blog Talk Radio. This is a Post Time with Mike and Mike production. Any rebroadcast or retransmission without the express written consent of Post Time with Mike and Mike is prohibited. Wiggle it, jiggle it, sense enough of it. Pops pocket now. They come down to the finish. Wiggle it, jiggle it. 147 and 3 track record shattered. Outside, always be Mickey pacing home strongly. Shambala second, always be Mickey is heading down to the line. Always be Mickey in 146. Yeah, it's a it's a moment I'm never going to forget. I mean, uh, you don't get horses like these coming along, and uh, it's getting me emotional. It is resolved, under the whip, shaking loose as Italy's Oasis B, and from between horses, Obrigado, far outside, Flanagan Memory has come down to resolve, and Oasis B in the deep stretch, USA has won it. The ah, magician, the one to reel in, Classic Martin rallies up into second, then it's to Dream on third, the ah, magician, home free with Brian Sears, the ah, magician keeps her winning streak alive, and wins the Hamiltonian Oaks. When she, she was out for a couple of months, but acting like she was getting sour and wanted to get back to work. Marauder on the far outside is coming. Southwind Frank to the lead. Marion Marauder charging hard on the outside. Southwind Frank. Marion Marauder is lunging late. These two come down the line. Marion Marauder! Were you confident after the wire that he didn't back it up? I was very confident he got up, but nobody else was, so thank God he got up. Devin Keenan, 19 years old. I'm going to go ahead and say the youngest Triple Crown winning owner of all time. It has to be feel pretty special. Yeah, all I can say is that I uh, just wish my grandma was here with me, the co-owner, and uh, just thinking about her right now. Second, third panel, 27 seconds. Around the final turn, betting line, open side on Western Bay. Yeah, I didn't even get to talk to Dave yet. We're just so excited he got the job done and win the little brown jug. Um, but yeah, he looked like he'd done it quite well in hand. Here comes Annihilator and Broadway Express, Dragon Slayer. of the 2016 Breeders' Crown from the Meadowlands is brought to you by Bet America. It's time to play the Bet America way. VIP Stables, bringing harness racing fans into the winner's circle since 1999. Iowa Casino Racing at Pompano Park, the winter capital of harness racing for over 50 years. Friends of Maryland Standardbreds, Promoting standard bread racing in the state of Maryland and beyond. Embroidery Unlimited, your one-stop shop for all of your embroidery needs. The Stable.ca, an affordable way to own a racehorse through fractional ownership and new vocations make your next horse an X-Racehorse. 
Mike and Mike. 2016 has had many rivalries come to life, but none as big as the one between Wiggle It, Jiggle It, and Always Be Mickey. The two big horses have traded many blows over the 2016 season, most recently in the Dayton Pacing Derby at Dayton Raceway, where Wiggle It, Jiggle It proved to be the better of the two. This week, however, Always Be Mickey comes into the Breeders' Crown with not only a better post, but coming off a steamy world record performance of 146 to his credit. The Breeders' Crown is one of the last times we will see these two hook up, and it is certainly not going to disappoint. Post Time with Mike and Mike, sponsored by Bet America, is proud to present the 2016 Breeders' Crown, presented by Monex, live from the Meadowlands Racetrack in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Hello, everybody. I'm Mike Carter. We're joined by Mike Bozich. Down on the end here as race number three is coming to a conclusion. And Mike, it is a grim night, but it is a uh, very beautiful night under clear skies. And this race going at 155 and 3, no lack of speed here tonight. No, certainly not, Mike, and uh, it's a beautiful night, and we are at a beautiful case, uh, beautiful location here at the Meadowlands, a beautiful view, as about as high atop as you can go, and uh, our man right here sitting to the right, Jason Suttlemore, is certainly a big part of that. Jason, we certainly appreciate the hospitality, the view. It's a very, very big night, and tomorrow will be a big day as well here at the Meadowlands. Well, it's great to have you here. We appreciate you guys being here, and yeah, just, absolutely, it all comes down to the Breeders' Crown, and uh, very much looking forward to uh, the rest of tonight's card, and then uh, the uh, eight races tomorrow, the Breeders' Crown, but uh, Pete Koch and uh, the race team have put together a, a great card for both nights, and, um, you know, it's always nice to, to have the Breeders' Crown as your home track. Now, Jason, you, you get to see always, always see a wiggly, jaggly, wiggly, jiggly go at it again. And it seems like these two just continue to trade blows. What's it like to continually watch that over uh, your race track? You know, it's amazing. I mean, these, these horses, you know, all year long have battled each other, um, you know, and then uh, to take nothing away from uh, Freaky Pete either. Um, you know, he's a very talented horse as well. Um, but obviously, you know, in Shambhala. I mean, Shambhala won here um, on Hamiltonian Day, and uh, you know he was he was monster in that mile there, and uh, it just capped you know that whole day for Scott Zeron was an amazing day. But you know, uh, Wiggle It, Jiggle It, always be Mickey Shambhala. Um, it, it, it's it'll be a great race, and uh, like it always is. And uh, you know the you know these two have traded blows all year long, and uh, always be Mickey. I was fortunate enough to be down in Lexington to see him go and and 46 down there and be the fastest horse ever. Um, you know, so, uh, but to have him here at the Meadowlands again is absolutely sensational and uh, just makes this Friday night card, you know, that's one of the reasons why we like to split these into two different nights is uh, because then, you, you you know, you're able to draw more people here on Friday and then they're going to stay over and help the local community as well um, and economy. And, and then the, these people uh, come back to the races on Saturday night. And, uh, you know, but the, what a great race that is. And, you know, I, I take nothing away from any other horse in that race. But, um, you know, it's, it'll certainly be a showdown between those three, I would think, always be Mickey, Wiggle It, Jiggle It, and uh, Shambhala. So, but I, I will say that, you know, Wiggle It, Jiggle It has always been one of my favorite horses after that epic performance in the Little Brown Jug. And obviously, uh, you know, with me being the simulcast director there and being the second announcer in Delaware, um, and that's home to me, you know, back home in Ohio, uh, about 30 miles from where I grew up. And, and uh, I will say that there's two pictures uh, that hang on my wall uh, from from Delaware, Ohio, that I'll cherish forever, and that's that's Life Sign 
Um, that was an, an amazing mile uh, by Lifesign and John Campbell uh, from the Gene Regal sta- stable back in the day. And then, and then this mile by Wigowit Jigowit, uh, Montreal Teague, and, and Clyde Francis and, and, and George Teague, of course. Um, so, you know, uh, I've been very, very fortunate to see, see some of the greatest horses uh, in my lifetime. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Jason, real quick, before we let you go, I did want to ask you uh, about that little brown jug uh, two years ago with Wiggle It, Jiggle It, because when they were coming down the stretch, when he was battling with Lost for Words, and the crowd was just insane, uh, and from your vantage point, well, first of all, I know Roger was in the booth. What was your vantage point, and from that vantage point, did you have a decisive winner when they crossed the line? I, I did, and, I, and I've got the best seat in the house uh, when I'm not when I'm not announcing in Delaware. I've got a better seat than Roger, and that's standing right there at the announcer's podium, right on the finish line in, in, in Delaware. So I, I certainly knew uh, that Wiggle It Jiggle It had got up to win that race, and uh, the the feeling is amazing. I mean, the hair on the back of my neck was standing up, um, you know, and that doesn't happen all the time, you know. I mean, that's just it really doesn't. It takes a lot to, you know, but that. You know, look, I mean, that was amazing. It was absolutely amazing, uh, the, the mile that that horse went. And you thought he was beat midway through the stretch. And it just shows you the kind of heart that that horse has in, in, in coming back and in, in winning that race that day. Um, you know, it was certainly, you know, like I said, life sign and, and wiggle it, jiggle it. Uh, two of my favorite races, and they're both in Delaware, Ohio, back home in Ohio, and uh, you know, and then you know, but my favorite racehorse has ever always been that that special mare that I was part of, uh, uh, World Champion Perfect Alliance. Well, Jason, listen, we're going to let you run. I know you got a very busy night ahead of you. We certainly appreciate all the hospitality. The view is fantastic, and we're looking forward to a great couple of days of racing, my friend. Enjoy the races, guys, and uh, thanks for being here and supporting us. We certainly do appreciate everything that you guys do for the sport. And, uh, we, you know, and, I, and I don't just say that to say it because you're sitting beside me, but I certainly can appreciate what you guys are doing for the sport. And uh, keep going and keep up the good work. All right. Thank you, Jason. Take care. All right, that was Jason Settlemore, uh, the uh, the head of the Meadowlands here, the guy that runs the show, and uh, and he's uh, certainly been very, very good to us. We have got just a great broadcast location, a bird's eye view of the racetrack, and uh, it's just going to be a tremendous, tremendous night. We've got four of the open races here tonight, and uh, plus we've got a lot else going on. I know uh, we've got somebody that we want to start introducing our broadcast crew. We've got Casey Coleman that's going to be joining us here at 820. We've got lots of guests, lots of racing action coming up on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, uh, presented by Bet America and uh, sponsored by Mullinex Ford. The Hambo Society has been great to us. But Mike, let's introduce our broadcasting. Yeah, we got a great broadcast team uh, here. Mike Bozich, Garnett Barnfield joining us later on. But joining us now from downstairs, either at the Meadowlands, uh, she's down near the winter circle, or she might be inside staying warm, is uh, Jessica Otten. <laughs> and Jessica, you got to see the last race uh, from your vantage point. Obviously, there's a strong, strong headwind. Uh, give us a little bit of your thoughts as to uh, how the weather might play into tonight's races and uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe uh, some insight into the races tonight. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a headwind standing out there. I did step inside for a few minutes because it's a tad chilly out there, but who knows? Maybe the front end won't hold up tonight and the horses will have to come from behind. It'll be very interesting to see those front enders out there with this headwind. 
Now, Jessica, we've seen some of the horses uh, warming up for the Breeders' Crown here tonight. Of course, there's four divisions. Uh, is there anybody out there who looks spectacularly good so far? Somebody maybe that's jumping off the page uh, out at you that warming up that maybe uh, could potentially uh, provide a little bit of a long shot? Or who knows? Maybe maybe you're looking at Always Be Mickey, and he just looks absolutely sharp out there. I just saw, yeah, I just saw Always Be Mickey go by. I'm watching Wiggle It, Jiggle It right now right in front of me. They all look amazing. Uh, I can't really pick out one that's going to put it in the upset against anybody. We'll just have to see how it all pans out. They all look great, though. All right, Jessica. Well, Jessica will be providing winter circle reaction all night for us, and she'll also be providing the sounds of the all-star buglers just before the post parade. Jessica, we certainly appreciate it, and uh, we'll be talking with you soon. Okie dokie. Sounds good. All right. Well, Mike Bozich, we're going to take a quick timeout. Don't forget you can bet this entire Breeders' Crown program with our sponsor, Bet America. Visit betamerica.com for more information. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back to post time with Mike and Mike, Casey Coleman is on deck. Get a huge boost to your bankroll for all of summer's best racing at Bet America. All new players can double their first deposit up, up to $300 with Bet America's 100% deposit bonus. That's the biggest sign up bonus in the industry. Sign up today and start playing the Bet America way. Ever dream of owning your own racehorse? How would you like to get in the winner's circle with the number one harness racing partnership in the U.S.? VIP State. There's nothing like the thrill of your horse coming down the stretch. To find out more, call VIP Stable at 877-VIP-WIN-1 or visit us on the web at www.vipstable.com. Turning horse racing fans into racehorse owners. Be a winner. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And we are live from the Breeders' Crown at the new Meadowlands Racetrack. And I got to tell you, folks, it is cold and has a strong, strong headwind. But uh, you know what? It, it is just a fantastic night for live harness racing action under beautifully clear skies. And we're going to bring in now the third member to our broadcast team. And, or, well, I say the third member. We've already introduced Jeff Scott. So the fourth member to our broadcast team. He's going to be doing Winter Circle interviews tomorrow. And he's going to be going around the horn with us uh, here tonight. Garnett Barnsdale. Garnett, welcome to the Breeders' Crown at the Meadowlands. And thanks so much for joining us. Happy to be here. And this is, uh, you know, I can't even describe how beautiful this place is. I haven't been here since 2013 when I was in the... Uh, World Harness Handicapping Championships, and it's just a totally different place. When you walk in here and you think it just opened yesterday, that's how new it looks, and it's it's just really amazing. And the view from up here where we are is exceptional. One thing I want to point out tonight that I've seen so far for people that are betting, I don't think closers have much of a chance on this track from what I've seen so far. Uh, if you look at the race that just finished, the leader uh, finished in 30 and two-fifths seconds, which was by far the slowest quarter, and nobody was gaining an inch on him. So I think this headwind is really stopping anything from really closing i think it's slowing all the horses down equally which makes it tough for anybody to close at least that's what i've seen so far now garnett you we've i was actually going to ask you about the weather uh, obviously a chilly chilly night obviously no world records uh, expected here tonight it's gonna be a little chilly but how does that affect horses like shambhala who you know they really depend on kind of a pace scenario falling apart uh so to speak horses like shambhala like to close do you think that could potentially affect them this headwind 
Well, I mean, it could, but on the other hand, if you look at uh, always be Mickey's world record, Miles Shambella actually blasted to the front in that race and was on, you know, on his helmet the whole way. So I would hope uh, Scott Zeron, you know, seeing what's going on tonight from the two hole, maybe push it a little bit and at least get out in the top two or three and then maybe try to find some room in the stretch and, and close. I think he's, he has to be closer to the pace than he typically is to have a chance here. Now, Garnett, let's talk real quick long shots. We're going to get into our long shot plays uh, around 8.45 or so, but it, is there a horse this weekend that you kind of have your eye on that could potentially spring uh, some sort of uh, minor upset? And, and it could be tonight, it could be tomorrow, you know. You know, I like D1 a little bit in the in the mare's trot tonight. I'm, I'm hearing some a lot of negative uh, vibes going around about her, and I think that's just going to make her price go up. One thing you know for sure is that she's proven on the big stage and she's probably going to be, a, you know, probably a distant third choice to the two favorites, Handel or Hanover and Be a Magician. I think if Tietrich sends D1 out to the top two or three early, she could pull off a surprise here. Yeah, I saw Charmed Life in the paddock, and she looked really, really sharp back there, uh, Garnett. Now, the one is kind of a question mark. Uh, this horse uh, won the Breeders' Crown at Woodbine last year, and you had the luxury of seeing uh, that race at Woodbine. And obviously, uh, the one proved to be the real deal. The question is, is the one going to be ready for these type of horses here tonight? Well, she's got two qualifiers that, that, that look decent enough on paper, although the most recent one at the Meadowlands gives a little bit of cause for concern that she lost ground to, you know, now you see it, now you don't in the stretch. Who's basically, you know, he's a 12 to 15 claimer that I've seen uh, race up at Mohawk and Woodbine many times uh, previously. So, I mean, the other thing is you don't know how much she was asked of her. She hadn't uh, raced in three weeks to that point. So it's hard to really say. And the Europeans train a little bit differently too. So I don't know. I mean, you know, if she's seven or eight to one, I'd be, I might take a shot on her. All right. Well, Garnett, we certainly appreciate you taking time out of your night to uh, join us here tonight. And listen, we look forward to your coverage here tonight. We look forward to your Winter Circle interviews tomorrow. We certainly, certainly appreciate you helping us out. Well, the pleasure is all mine, and I'm happy to be here. All right, folks. That's Garnett Barnsdale, who is going to be joining us. He's a DRF contributor. You can follow him on Twitter at Go Cash King. Well, we're going to take one more time out. When we come back, there's Casey Coleman on deck. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations racehorse adoption program here at the stable our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse the stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system at the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca.
We are back on this very special edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. We're broadcasting live from the Meadowlands. Mike and Mike is uh, brought to you by Bet America and uh, sponsored by Mullinex Ford. They do a fantastic job bringing the action of the Breeders' Crown right here, right now. We're about zero minutes away to the fourth. The Breeders' Crown, four races tonight, Mike. Started race six with the uh, open mare trot. But right now, we've got uh, Casey Coleman on the phone with us, of course, trainer of uh, one of the most awesome three year olds that I've seen in quite some time in betting line. And I have to tell you, Casey, we're really missing you here tonight. Yeah, it's uh, obviously very heartbreaking and disappointing not to be able to be there. Um, we would have been in uh, retention tonight to race tomorrow, obviously, with him. And uh, instead, we're fighting off a very infectious uh, spider bite. I wasn't expecting that curveball thrown at us. Certainly not. And Casey, I've, I've seen uh, a lot of people, I think, have seen the Facebook pictures. Uh, and, and first of all, I have to give you a lot of credit because you've done uh, an outstanding job of keeping everybody and the fans up to date exactly what's going on with Betty line, betting line. And I'm going to tell you, brown recluse spider bites are not something to play with. I mean, humans have died from it. Uh, humans have suffered uh, big-time injuries from it, uh, especially if it's gone unnoticed. But uh, you've done a fantastic job. And, and uh, tell us, give us a little bit of an update, first of all. How is betting line doing? And give us a little bit uh, of an insight of the process that you're going through to kind of get that poison out of there. Um, yeah, he's doing much, much better. We got very lucky that uh, when we got him home Saturday night, my vet, uh, Dr. Megan Camp, she dealt with a spider bite at a farm, at a farm not long ago. And uh, she kind of knew right when she'd seen it and we did a blood test on him right away, she knew how to start treating him on wet antibiotics. So we got extremely lucky that way. Um, we've been aggressively treated them with a different series of antibiotics and obviously painkillers to keep them under control. And uh, he's bonding really well. We had to open and drain it. We lanced it, opened open and drained it there about two days ago. And uh, it did leave quite a hole in his chest. He's definitely got a nasty-looking hole with a lot of uh, in- infection and pus coming out right now. But it's good it's coming out. we got to keep draining it. Um, I'm lightly jogging the horse right now, still with intentions and hope to be able to go to Dover Downs but we have no idea what it's going to do for uh, muscle and tissue damage and how it's going to affect his gait once I put his equipment on him and make him pay some hobbles. Uh, it's impossible to know yet how much that's going to affect his gait, so we're just hoping for the best. And once again, Casey, what uh, happened right at the beginning there? When did you first notice uh, that something was uh, off with betting line? Um, well, he was great. Like, he's been great. Like, he always is all week. Uh, we shipped him into retention about 8 o'clock on Friday night. He was great. Uh, about 6 in the morning, my groom, Jeff Kemp, went in, fed him, walked him. Everything was awesome. He couldn't have been better. Then he came back about 8.30 in the morning to walk him again and check on him. And we thought he was tied up at first. He was walking very, very stiff. And we thought he was tied up, which he's never tied up in his life. But we, we didn't know what we're dealing with. And all day was very frustrating Saturday because we didn't know what was happening. First, we thought he was tied up. Then we thought it might have been an abscess in his foot. At one point, they even thought maybe he got cast and as much as broke his shoulder, stretched a, or really um, r- ruptured a muscle in his shoulder at one point. Like it, The last thing I was going to think of is that he was bit by a spider that was very infectious. And uh, it wasn't until we got him home that night and Dr. Megan Camp did this blood test and found it on him, and uh, sure enough, that's what it was. And within, by a day later, his hair started falling off on the different spots that he got bit on on his chest, and then it was quite, uh, it was quite, we knew for sure what it was then. But I've been doing a lot of researches about spiders lately, and uh, they're very, very dangerous and very, very, uh, we're very lucky that the horse is okay because it can do as much as kill a horse, let alone uh, finish his career. 
Now, Casey, I know you talked a little bit about uh, possibly trying to get him healthy enough to go to Dover. Um, if, for whatever reason, uh, that's not possible, uh, have we seen the last of betting line? Uh, well, I hope, like, I really want to race the horse uh, again. Like, he has uh, two more races he's paid into in a lemon final, and then there's a one-shot go that he's not paid into that we would supplement that's on November 10th as the next one coming up. I really want to go bad to Dover because I don't want to end his career on this note, that's for sure. Uh, he's gone 14 in a row here right now, and I would like to keep trucking and show the fans what this horse really is and what he's made of. But uh, it all depends on him right now. His health comes first 100%, and uh, we just got to play it day by day right now is all we can do and just keep our fingers crossed. But uh, he will go to Stallion after this season, though, like we hope to go to Dover. Um, if not, he will be retired to go to Stud, and he'll be standing at Hanover Shoe Farm. Well, Casey, I got to tell you, it has been an absolute pleasure to watch Betting Line. I saw him in person at the jog. I got a chance to talk to you a little bit while I was out there, and I also saw the Betting Line at Northfield. I got to give you a, a heck of an applause because you did a great job with this horse, and uh, it's been a joy to watch him. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's just uh, not a whole lot extra that I needed to do, though. He's just from day one. This horse has just been a natural, talented horse. And uh, as a two-year-old, he was phenomenal also. He didn't have quite as good as luck as he did this year at three. But he uh, every time this horse steps on the track, there's not one single start that I was disappointed with the horse. He gives it all he's got every time he hits the racetrack. So uh, I just got to see the lucky one that was the last one with my hand up in the sales ring that day at Harrisburg and fortunate enough to be able to train him and own him. Casey, one more question before we let you go. Uh, well, we kind of know it's head for betting line. What's uh, Casey Coleman? Uh, what other superstars we got uh, in the barn or uh, potential prospects? Uh, well, for next year, coming along, my best three-year-olds would be uh, my uh, American Ideal, the Philly Candlelit Dinner, and then Ideal Wheel. But uh, I didn't shut them down yet. I planned to be at the Breeders' Crown with them, but they got a little bit sick on me at home. So I'm still considering maybe racing the three diamonds and governor's cup but i'm trying to get them healthy right now but they're quite talented i got a couple other ontario sired phillies one named fade and one named windy sport that i'm excited about for next year um and then obviously you never know with these two-year-olds so we're just in the middle of buying them now and uh we'll hope that they come uh, we pick a couple champs casey we certainly appreciate you joining us thank you all right, that was Casey Coleman, trainer of England, who obviously uh, is uh, not here tonight because that brown recluse spider bite. And I'll tell you what, Mike, that is uh, some kind of thing because uh, all the Facebook pictures uh, of the process of draining poison out. And uh, I'll tell you, it's a good thing that Casey thought because if she didn't, it would be uh, it might have been a different story for uh, betting line. Now listen, Garnett earlier was talking about how closers weren't gonna may not do a whole lot. Look at this ten horse on the outside, closing from the back at thirty nine to one, and the Buckeye David Miller with the winning drive. We just happened to uh, we just happened to catch this. She's heavenly ten to one on the morning line for trainer Robert Horowitz. And uh, Mike, this horse is uh, coming in from Harris, Philadelphia. Please tell me you got a show bed down here. All I can tell you, Mike, is that whenever Dave Miller gets on a horse for the first time, it could be very, very interesting. But uh, this horse, uh, as a matter of fact, Mike, if you look at She's Heavenly's last line back on the 21st of October, that is a brand-new class that we have at Harris, Philadelphia. The now one is a 25 last five is in its infancy. Normally, the lowest condition is a nominator's of 4,000 last five, 
or 4,500 last five. And uh, she's heavenly dropped down to the class, and it could not defeat the likes of Spirit of Desire, who uh, did not race very well today there as Philadelphia. So this was completely out of the clouds. The only angle, I guess, you could possibly have, Mike, is the first-time Dave Miller angle, which can be very, very tough. And, uh, well, Garnett's not at our broadcast location right now. We're going to have to see if uh, Garnett uh, hit the big one. You know, actually, if Garnett's got that trifecta, Mike, that 10-1-4 with the 44-1-3, sandwiched in with the 3-5, we may not see him the rest of the uh, day and a half. He might go up in New York somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're going to take a short time out. When we come back, Moira Fanning from the Hambletonian Society is on deck. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by America. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Every dream has a start. And this one is ours. To trot and pace fast. Faster than all the others. And maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks, return on investment. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day, not in this race, not with this horse, not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion Share that experience with others and be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat.
Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich on a brisk evening here at the new Meadowlands Racetrack. And uh, we're here covering the Breeders' Crown, sponsored by Mullen Axe. Well, joining us now is DRF uh, main man, Derek Gleiner. Derek, excuse me, I say Gleiner all the time. It's Givner. Derek Givner. Derek, uh, how are you tonight? Great. Just enjoying the crisp weather up here. Well, you know what? Listen, you walked you walked out of the press box without a coat on, and uh, and you had a. I thought you were walking away from us totally ignoring us, and you come back all bundled up. And and uh, listen, we're out here in the elements. Do you feel sorry for us at all? Not really. I mean, I told him you were going to be getting this, so uh, you can't be shocked. I knew you were going to be out here. Yeah, well, listen, we've got four big races coming up tonight. Of course, the day is chock full tomorrow with Breeders' uh, Crown Action with uh, two- and three-year-olds. But uh, you've got the aged horses tonight. I actually feel a little guilty about calling them aged because they're anything but aged. They uh, have been supplying some thrills for us uh, all year this year. Uh, and uh, if we would, let's go over the race. you got the sixth race right in front of you. Let's do over that. We've got the great Bea Magician coming back. Uh, she's going to face uh, the great Hanalore Hanover. You've got D1 in this race as well. It should be a fantastic race. No doubt. It should be a really good race. I don't know if I'd go with uh, Hanalore Hanover as great quite yet. I think uh, Bea Magician's earned it with $4 million in the bank, and Hanalore Hanover just over $1.2 million to this point. That being said, I went with Hanalore Hanover in here. I mean, I think you could just throw out that race at Yonkers. I mean, the early break you look at, and then you it's really the rest of the uh, mile and a quarter race is what was more interesting to me. Yannick had plenty of opportunities of coming off the cones in that race and didn't. Clearly, he knew that his uh, mare was not liking those turns and didn't want to come off. I think it's a complete toss line. I think you're going to get a big mile here, and I expect the magician to be the favorite, so I kind of rather have the, the little bit better price. Yeah, I mean, she unbelievable. I mean, come back from that tendon, tendon injury. Uh, I was, uh, you know, listen, when I got the call, when she scratched out of the maxi league, I was looking forward to calling her race. And when I got the call, it was uh, a little bit devastating. And at that point, uh, being a magician's career was certainly in jeopardy, but she has come back very, very strong. But trainer Nifty Norman said he's taking a race by race. Before you switch off this race and we go to the next one, I, I mean, it's worth mentioning uh, my colleague Jay Bergman said he was down in the paddock looking at the horses and he saw D1 and she looked absolutely spectacular, he said. So maybe that's something to look into if she's a decent price. All right, moving along, seventh race. Uh, and uh, we've uh, this is obviously a, a, the one we're kind of looking forward to, open horses and geldings, and here we go again. Always be Mickey versus Wigglet Chiglet. They've been trading wins all year. Always be Mickey's the fastest uh, horse to ever step foot on a racetrack. Wigglet Chiglet has just been superb. Uh, does it get any deeper than these two horses? No, it really doesn't. I mean, it's great just watching these horses race, you know, time and time again. I, I'm fortunate enough to have seen most of the races uh, live and in person, and uh, you know, for me on the bigger track, I, I still give the edge to always be Mickey. I mean, nothing taking nothing away from Wiggle or Jiggle. He's, uh, you know, no doubt a great horse, and he brings a huge effort every single time. But I feel like I feel like always be Mickey still proven to me that he's a touch faster, at least on the bigger track. Uh, that being said, with the wind in play and the colder weather, that tends to slow horses down, and maybe that you know brings them more equal. You know, if Wiggle Jiggle was a better price than Always Be Mickey by a large margin, let's say, you know, two to one versus four to five, I think Wiggle Jiggle is probably the better play at that those prices. Mike, 
Now, Derek, real quick, I want to ask you about Shambhala. Now, we talked to Garnett Barnsdale before before race number four, and he said, you know, the headwinds seem to be preventing the closers from uh, coming off the pace, and then we see a closer at 39-1 to 1 with David Miller, uh, you know, come from mid-pack. Uh, do you think a horse like Shambhala is going to be affected, or do you think somebody like Shambhala is going to try to go to the lead again? For me, I mean, when you think about Shambhala, it's just not a horse that, you know, intrigues me. I know – Garnett's got that Canadian blood in him, and he wants the Canadian horse to win and everything like that. But you know what? For a horse that's going to win one out of every seven or eight times he faces them, you're not going to get a good enough price. You're not getting 20 to 1 on this horse. You're probably getting like 6 to 1 or 8 to 1. And uh, just, you know, speaking of the $80, to $80 horse that came in and, uh, you know, come talking about off the pace, you got 27 and 4, 55 and 3 fractions there with cheap non-winners of 5,000 fillies and mares. They're supposed to stop after those fractions. Yeah, I think Garnett hit that uh, try last time, so I don't think we'll be seeing any more of him for uh, today and tomorrow. He's uh, headed to New York, and uh, they're going to uh, get a nice, expensive hotel somewhere. But, Derek, moving right along the eighth race, I mean, here we go. Lady Shadow has been the dominant force in here. Uh, you know, I do think there's a couple that can beat her if Lady Shadow doesn't bring her A game. What say you? I really wanted to pick against Lady Shadow. You know, when I looked at the race, and uh, the fact is, if she brings her best race, no, none of the other horses are fast enough to beat her. It's just that simple. I mean, I don't know how to go any other way than to pick Lady Shadow and assume she's going to show up. If she doesn't, uh, I, I'd go with a little bit of a long shot here maybe with Katie said, the three horse. I mean, she's been uh, – you know, we thought earlier in the year that this might be her year. She might come up with a big year, and she really didn't. Um, sometimes just a different set of hands behind the lines uh, does a big trick there. And you got Tim Tietrich tonight. I'm not saying he's better than Scott Zerum, but I'm saying that he's going to do things a little bit differently, I'm sure. And in that ninth race, Mike, did you have anything? You're over there shivering. Okay, race number nine. Uh, I should have made him come out here in short sleeves like the you know, they do in the, the Buffalo Bills game. Yeah, yeah. Race nine, uh, Chalky, again, perhaps with resolve, just looks so good in the international trot. Has looked so good, in my opinion, in the last three. Uh, do you think he could be taken on tonight? Can he lose? Yeah, any horse can lose. But it's hard to pick against resolve in this spot. I mean, not just that he won three in a row. He's done it so impressively. That race at Yonkers, even though he kind of had his thing, you know, his own way on the lead, you know, he was really impressive. Lowered the track mark by like two seconds. You know, I can't find a way to go against him here unless, you know, something's going to go really wrong or Oki makes a mistake, you know, tactically driving. Um, I got another horse who I think maybe underneath give you some value, and it's another driver change to Tim Dietrich, and that's number six, Centurion ATM. I think we've seen this horse hint at, you know, some decent races along the way. We saw him close up the rail. I think one race, I don't know, was it the Dayton Derby maybe, where he closed up the rail really nicely. I think there's a little something to this horse, and if he gets the right trip, Timmy has him in the right spot, you know, he can uh, at least spice up the exacta. All right. Now, Derek, before we let you go back inside to get warm, I do have a parting gift for you. Now, please don't be disappointed because it's not going to be signed in case it's going to be worth big money someday and have to buy it back from you. But uh, that's a, a post time with Mike and my cat authentic by uh, authenticated, I should say. Um, and uh, it was made by uh, our good friends at Embroidery Unlimited. So there you are, my friend. What great people Embroidery I can't even say Embroidery Unlimited are. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I'm glad to have it. It's beautiful, white and black. And I'll try not to get it too dirty. There you are. All right. Well, there you go, my friend. Uh, Appreciate you joining us and uh, head back inside and get warm, will you?
My pleasure. Anytime. And from what I hear, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> right. That was Derek Givner from the DRF. And, and Mike, I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to go on the other side of the glass and, and relax in that 70-degree balmy uh, press box in there. And uh, he's going to laugh at us, uh, no question about it. Yeah, definitely. Well, coming up next, we're going to have Tom James from the VIP Internet Stable. And uh, listen, we've had a continuing series with these guys. And Mike, I got to tell you, they've given us a lot of great information as far as uh, fractional ownership goes. And so I'm really excited to hear uh, what Tom has to say. And you know what? We got to meet him. He's here with us uh, upstairs and uh, with the great view that we've got. We're going to take a quick, quick time out. When we come back, Tom James from VIP Internet Stable is on deck. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Hello, this is Kayla Stra, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. Bet America covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to Bet America receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Ever dream of owning your own racehorse? How would you like to get in the winner's circle? With the number one harness racing partnership in the U.S., VIP State. There's nothing like the thrill of your horse coming down the stretch. To find out more, call VIP State at 877-VIP-WIN-1 or visit us on the web at www. .vipstable.com Turning horse racing fans into racehorse owners. Be a winner. Back to post time with Mike and Mike Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. We're joined now by uh, Tom James from the VIP Internet Stable. Tom, we certainly appreciate you taking time out of your night to uh, join us. No, we can't hear you at all, Mike. Uh, Tom, let me get you to repeat what you just said. Yeah, there's no hot chocolate up here, but uh, it's certainly a chilly, chilly evening. Well, I think you guys need a little brandy up here is what you need. Uh, you have a beautiful view of all the races going on here. I mean, it's a beautiful, nice, clear night to be watching race. A little chilly up here, but you guys are troopers. You're hanging in there. I mean, I've got to hand it to you. We're, 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 we're proud of you. Now, Tom, uh, let's talk a little bit about the VIP Internet Stable. We've talked over the past couple of weeks about just what the uh, VIP Internet Stable does, uh, some of the horses in it. But Give It Gas and Go is kind of a uh, superstar in the VIP Internet Stable right now, uh, is a Pennsylvania Sire Stakes champion, and is now going for the big money in the Breeders' Crown. Yeah, well, we're pretty excited about that. I mean, you know, it's what we've kind of built VIP for, for these nights to try to get as many, you know, people into the game as possible, guys that – don't think that they can afford to get nice stake caliber racehorses. They can, you know, you could have gotten involved with uh, give it gas and go for, you know, uh, under a thousand bucks and you could be here. Like some of our members are going to be here tomorrow to watch a potential breeders crown horse race. You know, Tom, we had a- Nothing. Now, Tom, we talked a little bit to uh, Ed O'Connor, like Mike said yesterday. And, uh, you know, it, it's just amazing. I, from Ohio, I'm from Ohio. I, from Northfield, I saw a bunch of these VIP horses um, 
participate in the sire stakes. And I even saw people who, I mean, they came into the winner's circle after their horse won and just had tears in their eyes. I mean, you, you, this has changed people's lives. They're able to get into, uh, into, um, into a horse ownership for little to nothing and uh, really, really enjoy the ride. Yeah, there's, you know, it's unbelievable the first time you get into the winner's circle, whether it's, you know, at, at Northfield or at Harris or, you know, as uh, some people call it, the, uh, you know, the, the Camelot uh, spot here at the Meadowlands. It's where everybody really wants to come to the winner's circle's Meadowlands at one point or another in their life. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things. It doesn't get old. It's so exciting to do it. And for the first timers who get into the winner's circle, it's an experience that they'll never, ever forget. And we try to make that dream come true for a lot of people over the years. Now we're going to see if this mic will work now. Go ahead. Am I on the air? Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm still learning this stuff, Tom. He, you know, he's the technological guru, and I'm just the, I'm just the uh, tag-along, so to speak. Joined by Tom Janes from uh, VIP Stable. Tom had a chance to talk to Ed O'Connor yesterday. had a chance to talk to John Boot and Shane yesterday. And uh, i got to give you the quote. As a matter of fact, we got a little segment we're going to play it tomorrow for uh, the VIP Stable. But I'm going to throw this at you, play a little bit of a spoiler for our audience, because i got a very interesting quote from John Bootenshain, uh, trainer, of course, of Give It Gas and Go, and I asked him, I said, what would it mean to you to win a Breeders' Crown? And he said, well, that means I've got more money for Harrisburg. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just giving you a heads up. A typical trainer, <laughs> you know, just just give me the money. Show me the money. You know, that's, uh, now John's done a great job with not only Give It Gas and Go, but our, our entire group of two and three-year-olds that we've had this year, uh, as well as in his entire stable. He's got also has Dover Dan in the yep. same race. Mm-hmm. Uh, John's an outstanding individual. Uh, to, to get to know John and his family, Jackie and Tyler, uh, just great people and the type of people you want to be associated with in this game. Uh, there are no better folks in this game than the Boot and Chains, and we're so excited to be able to share this with John. Um, you know, if we get a little lucky tomorrow, it's going to be a day that we're never going to forget. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Walmer is the big elephant in the room in that race, and he's just looked outstanding. I mean, the world record mile, two starts back, looked fantastic in the eliminations. But uh, there's some upside for Gibbet Gas and Go, certainly. I mean, this is a uh, uh, second time over a big track, and, you know, he's been used to racing over the 5'8 track and uh, talking to John Boot and Shane and, and uh, talking to, uh, to uh, Ed and talking to Corey. They think that that can make a difference. What say you? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, it was only a second time around the mile track. He got stretched out last week. Uh, we're hoping, you know, I don't think Corey really got after him last week. Kind of let uh, Walner get by him. Uh, not not to take anything away from, from that trotter. He's a wonderful trotter, and he's going to be extremely tough to beat. But I think we're going to see a little bit better of an effort uh, out of uh, Give a Gas and Go this week. I think he's going to be stretched out a little bit more. I think you're going to see some early speed in the race from him. He's going to have to get out there. And, uh, you know, we're going to see where, what each of them have. And uh, I think it's going to be an exciting race. Well, Tom, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Best of luck tomorrow in the, the Breeders' Crown. I know it's going to be a, uh, it's got to be a huge, huge, uh, exciting thing for a VIP stable and you personal. Uh, it's a dream come true. Uh, just to be involved with it. It's kind of like winning the pennant last week and you're going to the World Series this week. So you kind of get a week to enjoy knowing that you're going to be in the Breeders' Crown finals. And um, we appreciate you guys taking the time to be up here tonight. Uh, stay warm. We'll, we'll see if we can get you uh, some, some earmuffs or something up here. <laughs> Now, Tom, you, you mentioned winning a pennant. Please tell me you're not a Cubs fan. No, uh, I'm a Mets fan. We beat the Cubs last year. We, we gave them a little run in it this year. No, they got a great team. I'm a Mets fan. We kind of had our had a little bit of trouble with some uh, injuries this year, but hopefully we'll be back next year. But Cubs are going to be tough. It's really exciting to have Cleveland and, and Chicago in it this year. 
a first time. I've been born and raised uh, near Chicago. Uh, was there back in 2005 with the infamous Bartman incident. And uh, I have to tell you, that town is going to be electric if they win a World Series. First time since 1945 that uh, they've been able to uh, have a World Series game in that stadium. That's unbelievable. Tom, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Uh, go back and get warm, and uh, we'll tough it out out here for the next couple hours. I appreciate your time, Mike. That's, that's great. Thank you. All right. Good luck to you tomorrow. That's Tom James from the VIP Stables. Uh, certainly most appreciative of VIP and uh, Tom and Ed's support. And, uh, Mike, we're gaining on it. This is the fifth race right now in progress. And, uh, you know, listen, we've got four big breeders uh, crown races coming up tonight. I see Moira Fanning once again in the warm in there. So, uh, you know, hey, what are you going to do? That's the truth. We're going to be covering the pick four sequence uh, coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Garnett Barnsdale will be joining us on deck as the fifth race currently going off. We are not covering race number five live. They are sending some pretty, uh, pretty quick fractions. We're going to take a very, very quick timeout. When we come back, Moira Fanning uh, will potentially uh, be joining us. We'll see if we can't get her out of the cold, and we'll go over our pick four tickets starting in race number six. You got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Ben America. Every dream has a start. And this one is ours. To trot and pace fast. Faster than all the others. And maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. Sponsored by Bet America, presented by Mullinex Ford, and right now we're joined by uh, Moira Fanning of the Hamiltonian Society. Uh, Moira, it's uh, obviously just a little bit chilly out here. It's not terrible. It's 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 certainly great, but we've got a great view up here in the Meadowlands, and we've got a big couple of days of racing coming up. Yeah, well, we're used to being here at the Meadowlands in November, so this is actually balmy as far as I'm concerned. But we absolutely have a tremendous night tonight, and uh, same thing tomorrow night. Really looking forward to it. Now, Moira, I was back in the paddock earlier, and all the horses look spectacular. Um, obviously, we've got the uh, four uh, Breeders' Crown Open races tonight. Uh, just how exciting uh, 
just how exciting is it to have uh, the wiggle and jiggle it and always be Mickey rivalry here at the uh, Breeders' Crown again? Well, you know, this is, this October uh, weekend is really a perfect date. If we can schedule the Breeders' Crown on this date, we try to, because it comes just after Lexington. We've worked it out with the International Trot. There's one or two races left, the Matron, the TVG for the Olders. So it's this really is a, a showdown, and the idea that George, you know, went back and forth about supplementing and you know, ponied up the 50000 We owe him a great debt for that because that makes this night, that's for sure. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of drama coming into virtually all of the Breeders' Crown races, which is certainly tremendous. But I was reading an article on the USTA just a, a couple of short hours before I uh, made the trek up here north about uh, some of the uh, trophies uh, with Francis uh, Van Leonard and some others. Yeah, well, that's something that the Breeders' Crown uh, Committee started about four or five years ago, trying to name the trophies in honor of people who contributed or built the series, as it were. Um, Of course, Mr. Van Lennep was instrumental. He and Clarence Gaines started the Breeders' Cup and the Breeders' Crown at the same time. And Bill Weaver with Valley Victory, who won the two-cold trot, I mean, he he really reshaped trotting that stallion, and Bill was a fantastic guy, and we're so happy that um, we can remember him that way. Okay, Memorial, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Get back inside where it's warm, and uh, thanks for having us. Okay, be here tomorrow. All right, we sir will. That was uh, Moira Fanning from the Hamble Society, and right now, uh, hey, Rich, come on over here. Come on over here. We're going to bring our experts in. We've got Garnett Barnsdale here. He's the third member of our broadcast team. We've got uh, Rich the Natural Matei. You've got the pick four mapped out, don't you? I, I'm looking at it right now. I already uh, looked at it. Yeah. I got most of it ready. So. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm sure we'll get plenty of chalk from you, my oh, friend. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, anyway, uh, no, actually, we can get some long shots from Rich. Rich is a thoroughbred guy, but he, he's uh, been dabbling in harness. But, listen, guys, we are 15 minutes away. Where does the time go, Mike Carter? I don't know. We're 15 minutes away. Uh, from the uh, first uh, Breeders' Crown race. It is the open mare trot, so we better basically get busy if we're going to get all our people in, Mike. Yeah, I completely agree. Race number six is the $250,000 Breeders' Crown final for Philly and Mayor Open Trotters, and it features the big mare, Hanalore Hanover. Uh, Breeders' Crown champion from last year, DeWan, is back. Of course, we all remember Be a Magician is coming back off of that injury. And now we're first going to toss it to Garnett. Uh, Garnett, Let's talk a little bit about race number six. Obviously, DeWan is back to defend her title in the crown. Hanalore Hanover has been absolutely dominant, but can a horse like Hanalore Hanover uh, get beat against this group tonight? I think it's possible. I mean, Be a Magician came back. She looked very good at Yonkers. DeWan, even though she's uh, she's been having a little bit of bad press, I hear a few people saying she she didn't look too good in these qualifiers. She's taking some good money on the board right now. She's four to one. I think you have to respect her. She's been able to step up on the big stage before off similar uh, you know layoffs. Um, handle over Hanover broke last time. Was it because of the track? I don't know. I, I think you got to go two five seven here. All right, Mike, uh, I think that's a pretty good assessment, uh, Garnett. Rich uh, Matei, the Naturals, joining us. Uh, Rich, what say you here in race six? I mean, I think it's wide open. I think the two favorites could get beat. I like Shake a Carry here. Last time at Yonkers, post 10, no chance. And Shake a Carry likes this track, did win the Hamiltonian Oaks here a couple of years ago. And I think they'll do some hitting up front, and hopefully she could close. I'm going to use the 5, the 7, and the 8, and I'm leaving Hanover Hanover out. 
Going to the 578, leaving Hanalore, Hanover out. I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, I think you do have to take an, uh, a chance with a key here because uh, this pick four has a chance to set up very, very chalky. So I think that you have to take a chance and wheel somewhere and maybe play it deeper a little bit later on to try to get some kind of price. So I'm going to step out on the limb with Be a Magician. I think she has come back from the injury fantastic. She looked very good last time. I think she's only going to get better off the five-month layoff. You know, Hanalore, Hanover's coming off a break. The one just simply hasn't raced. I don't think there's a whole lot of races for her. I think they've tried to get her in, but, uh, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot of races. So I do like Be a Magician uh, as my key here, uh, Mike Carter. All right. I'm going to go with Be a Magician, the one, and um, Handelor Hanover. Gosh, the name slipped my brain. I can't believe I let that horse slip my brain. Uh, Handelor Hanover currently at two to one race number seven is the big race it's the breeders crown final for open horses and geldings per four hundred twenty one thousand dollars and here we go again always be mickey versus wiggle it jiggle it shambhala from the inside we talked to Derek uh gibner a little bit ago uh he didn't like uh shambhala's chances and garnett you weren't standing here when he said it but the, he said the canadian blood in you uh made you go towards this horse we'll get to that in a second um of course luck be with you and split the house are also in here but it, you know to me guys it's going to be tough to go against the big two uh who do, you know garnett what are you thinking here you know i'm only gonna i'm gonna go on the limb here and i'm gonna not use wiggle it jiggle it which could probably be death but um what what people may not know about shambhala's race last week at, at mohawk was um all 11 races that night the horse that was leading at the three quarters stopped and most of them stopped badly you almost never see at any track uh you know 11 races where the leader doesn't want to race so um, the other thing was, I mean, he went uh, 121 and two to the three quarters, which was by far, by several seconds, the fastest three-quarter time. So I think he's very usable here. I'm going to use him and always be Mickey. I mean, yeah, I think if you know, you could potentially single always be Mickey. I, I've always thought he's the best horse of the group. So I'm going to go two and four here. All right, Mike Bozich, uh, as he's down there, uh, Mike Bozich, always constantly running his mouth down there. I swear. Uh, you and Rich down there. Uh, what do you guys say, Rich? Um, well, last week, we saw most of these horses race here in the Open last week, and even though Always Me Bicky did win by four, it was a more workmanlike effort. He actually had to try to get around uh, Delta Winner, who actually raced pretty good being second last week. But a horse in that race that I actually played, and I might be chasing money, but mock it so, Tim Tietrich just took this horse around for a jog last week, and at a price, I have to use him. I'm throwing out Always Be Mickey, and I'm going to use Wiggle It Jiggle It. I'm just going to use those two and hope that I could get through Wow, that's a pretty uh, bold decision. Well, you, you can't play everybody here. And, you know, when you've got a chalky sequence, a potential chalky sequence, you do have to leave yourself room for a long shot somewhere to try to get a price. And, and I'm kind of with Garnett here. I'm a, you know, Shambhala's, I think, has got a pretty decent chance. I mean, this horse does show up on the big stage. Uh, he does have, uh, you know, he, he can stay with these horses. And I think a trip is obviously going to be uh, the big factor here. But uh, I'm with you. I'm going to go Shambhala, wiggle it, jiggle it. I'm going to leave Always Be Mickey uh, off the pick four. And just simply because you have to make a stand somewhere. And and, uh, I'm going to go with two seven there, Mike. Listen, I personally think you guys are nuts. That's all I have to say. All right. Race number eight is the Breeders' Crown Final for Philly and Mare Open Pacers. First $250,000 presented by Crawford Farms. And, guys, Lady Shadow absolutely looked the best. She was about three to four seconds faster than the rest of these. This is where my single comes. I think Lady Shadow is going to be the horse to beat in this field. Garnett? Absolutely agree. Her race last week was phenomenal. The the, the 
The noteworthy thing to me is the 27-3 and three kicker on the end of it. I think if she shows up, they don't beat her. I'm going to single Lady Shadow and take the short price in this race. Yeah, not a bad move. Uh, what do you think, uh, my friend? Well, you got to remember last week, it did rain. It could have moved her up, even though she did win by seven. And I don't think Bedroom Confessions is that good of a horse who finished second. And if you look at the, elim- the other elimination, Solar Sister walked on the lead and almost got caught. Two horses that interest me here is a horse that finished second but was placed first with Frost Damage Blues. Uh, came kicking at the end. The pace was slow. I like that horse. And I like the horse that Solar Sister actually took off the track, who was sitting in the pocket with Yannick Jingra. If you watch the replay, that's Sasa Hanover. I mean, there's more speed in the race. I don't think she's going to get that cozy pocket trip, but a horse at 12 to 1, I have to use. So I'm going to go 2, 4, and 7. All right, that's the natural. Rich Matei going 2, 4, 7 in leg 3. I'm going to go 2, 3. I do think Katie said is a well-timed move away from winning. This horse closed like gangbusters. Two starts back at Harris, Philadelphia, and I think you guys know how tough it is to come from behind there. Uh, and this horse raced first over last time. I just do not think that's her game. I think if Tim Teacher could somehow get a trip and the pace gets out of control and maybe Lady Shadow uh, shows up like she did a couple of starts back, maybe we can get a little bit of a price. But I'm going to go 2-3 in there, Mike. Now, real quick, Garnett, I want to talk to you about Sasa Hanover's trip last week. Sasa Hanover just absolutely got locked in and uh, obviously was forced off the racetrack. But do, do you think that Sasa Hanover, in the elimination, Sasa Hanover wins if uh, she somehow gets out? And do you think that she could potentially uh, pose a little bit of a threat at a big price tonight? I don't know, but I'll tell you what. I think she wins if she makes a move on the backstretch. Jingrau did everything in his power to keep her in. I think, you know, it was an elimination race. They're saving a little bit for next week. I think if she if she made a move on the backstretch to the front, she would have won for sure. And, yeah, I think you have to give her a shot tonight. I think he, he had a lot of horse the whole way. All right, let's skip ahead to race number nine, folks. And race number nine concludes the pick for sequence. And uh, it is the Breeders' Crown Open Horses and Geldings final for a uh, field of trotters for a purse of $500,000 presented by On Track Products. And Resolve, just coming off the $1 million Yonkers International Trot victory, uh, just look absolutely dominant against that field. You've got Flanagan Memory, who was third in that race, didn't get the best of trips, spotted the field 11 lengths in that race. Uh, what do you think here, Garnett? Do you think Flanagan Memory can uh, pull off the upset? I think there's a chance. I'm going to go three deep here. I mean, if you're going to single Lady Shadow, you can't single Resolve. Otherwise, you must just cold punch it for 20 bucks or something. So I think you have to use Resolve. Yeah, Flanagan Memory's race at Yonkers, I thought was kind of impressive. Uh, he, he was on dead cover, and he kept coming. And the other horse I'm going to use, I'm going to go three deep. I like the way Crazy Wow, Crazy wow is coming up to this race. Had a good second at Lexington. Has a good, sharp qualifier. He seems to be getting good at the right time. And you know, Jingra's probably going to send him, so he'll be up somewhere near the front, which seems to be the place to be here tonight. Yeah, I think that's a very good observation, Garnett. I think Crazy Wow has every right to improve. I think there's some upside here. The qualifier was very good, and if you're looking for somebody to beat Resolve, I definitely think that he's right amongst the top of the list. But uh, that's what I'm going to go. I'm going to go 2-8 here. Resolve just looks so good in the international trot. He's won three of his last four. Uh, He's a $2 million horse, uh, and he just looks outstanding coming into this race very, very sharp. So I am going to go 2-8 in that particular race. Rich? Resolve is definitely the horse to beat, but as we saw in the international trot, the first and second place finishers just walked around the track, and I do like Flanagan memory because it's the only horse in the race that made up any ground. We're all on Flanagan memory here and Resolve. Those are the two I'm going to use, and hopefully I'm alive to those two. I'll be very confident, and I should hit this thing up. 
I'm alive today. Okay, so you're going resolving Flanagan memory in that particular race. Let me write it down. As, uh, uh, let's see, two seven, and uh, I went with uh, two resolve and the number eight crazy wild. So down here, Mike, the pick four tickets for Rich. It's five seven eight with two seven with two four seven with two seven. Uh, for me, it's five with three seven with two three with uh, two eight. I think those are both uh, some pretty affordable tickets, uh, Mike. Listen, take this one down. Mine is going to be uh, the 257. 257 with the 247. That's the uh, three uh, Shambhala. Um, always be Mickey and Wiggle It Jiggle It. Then in race number eight, I'm going to single Lady Shadow the two. And in the ninth race, I'm going to go two and seven. So a, uh, you know, a smaller ticket for me as well. And uh, Garnett, go ahead and uh, recap your uh, top selections here. Yeah, my ticket's going to go like this, 257 with 24 with 2 with 278. And I got my uh, screen open right now. I'm going to bet it and, uh, and contribute to the economy of New Jersey with some Canadian dough. That's very nice of you, Garnett. We certainly appreciate you. By the way, By the way Garnett, Garnett, that 10 was still on the 44 to 1. You didn't have any piece of that, did you? I did not. Uh, okay, well, we were, we were just... I, I didn't we were, we were kind of hoping we were looking for somebody to buy his dinner tonight, so we were kind of hoping that uh, you. Uh, I know you didn't hit it. No, but I didn't like the favorite in that race either. I could have told you after last week since you guys aren't here, and you know we're here every week because you know what else is there to do on a Friday? But last week that horse that was one to two in the last race hung like a chandelier, and he did the same thing tonight. All right, Mike, I think uh, the All-Star Bugler is getting ready to play. It's the open mare trot uh, coming up here in uh, race number six with three minutes to post time. I see Jessica is downstairs. Let's uh, bring in Jessica. Jessica, it looks like the All-Star Buglers are getting ready. They sure are here in just a second. I think as soon as they're done talking, they're going to go. Now, Garnett, real quick before we bring the All-Star Buglers in, we're gonna, we kind of do the uh, post parades like we do the, like the Kentucky Derby does, NBC does. We kind of go through each horse really, really quick. So uh, the way we'll do this is I'll go with Charm Life, then we'll toss it to you for Handle or Hanover and Classical Annie. We'll just give a brief, brief uh, description of each horse. I mean, you've seen the NBC broadcast. You pretty much know how the uh, post parades work. And, uh, you know, we just we try to have a little bit of fun, and, uh, you know, that's what we do. So, Jessica Otten is downstairs. Uh, she is going to bring in the All-Star Buglers here momentarily. Garnett, is there any sort of a, real quick, is there any sort of uh, price right now that's a little bit surprising to you? 9-2 to two on to 1 seems to be uh, a lot, a lot of value, if you ask me. I was kind of expecting uh, to 1 to kind of float up maybe to 7 or 8-1, to one, but hey, listen, 9-2 to two is uh, not a bad price against this field. Yeah, I think um, you can see the two favorites start, starting to take most of the money. I thought the one would be around six or seven to one. I think I would demand her her price to go up a little higher before I would play. But you know what? I'm, I'm only going to bet the pick four and hope she uh, hope she can get it done here and knock off the two chucks. Now we are just two minutes away from race number six. We are brought to you commercial free from now until the end of race number six by the Hambletonian Society, Bet America, and Mullinex. Ford. So we are brought to you commercial free. Post time is in just a couple of minutes here. Uh, they're back talking with trainer Ron Burke. If you're listening in to us, don't forget you can bet all of the bet- races here at the Meadowlands at betamerica.com. Here are the All-Star Buglers.
Trotters are on the racetrack for race number six. Garnett, the one is Charmed Life. Dave Maneri sends Charmed Life down. Is coming off a ninth place effort against a lower condition non-winners group. Was a second against the Miss Versatility group at Delaware, Ohio. And the last victory is coming in against lower level condition horses at Mohawk, currently at 65 to 1. The two, Hannah Lore Hanover's won 15 of 18 starts this year. She was that, you know, she's considered to be one of the top contenders for Horse of the Year, and she comes off a break at Yonkers. She's going to have to be on her best manners tonight. All right, number three, Classical Annie, uh, Burke Racing owned, Ron Burke trained, Mackie Cayley Drive. She's coming in off a three-race win streak, but obviously this is uh, quite a class uh, hike in here, so you certainly have to think right now that at 85, she will overmatch the four I'm so fancy has improved since adding Lasix three starts back. This is a horse I think could present some value to the ticket for trainer Tony Alanya. Donato Hanover, um, Donato Hanover Mare, that is, uh, unfortunately had a little bit of a rough season, Garnett, but you know what? I'm looking for some value underneath. And you might get it here. The five, be a magician, the 2013 Horse of the Year has won 45 of 69 starts. She, had a, she was off for five, almost five months to injury, but she came back with a very impressive performance in a $250,000 invitation, beating the boys at Yonkers. Back with the girls here. She's a top contender for sure. Number six is Barndell. And, guys, this is a horse that a lot of people, I notice a lot of the experts are putting underneath. Does have the speed to be competitive. She has been competitive with these in the past, although maybe a step slower. But uh, a lot of people like them. Barndell to be underneath. She's a million dollars 18 of 36 in her life although only one of those wins this season number seven is the one and it's coming off of two game qualifiers and you know guys this is a horse that has been sort of lightly raced this year um is the breeder's crown at champion from last year and seems to have continued her winning ways nine to two seems like a pretty fair price on the one garnett take us through the eight here well, Shake It Carries only won one race this year, but you know what? She's almost she's earned almost $3 million in her stellar career. Uh, she comes off a race from the eight-hole at Yonkers, a complete toss. I think if Dave Miller sends her, you might get some value here with this mare, Shake It Carry, 29-time winner. All right, guys, that is the field for the Breeders' Crown. Philly and Mare open. Trot purse $250,000, four to five currently on the two. Hanalore Hanover, guys, no real surprise in that. Uh, Hanalore Hanover, uh, I think a lot of people are throwing out the international trot. Mike, we were there for that race where uh, she broke and just never really uh, came back. Be a magician, a little bit of a surprise uh, at eight to five here. Um, I figured be a magician would be just a little bit shorter of a price. And of course, the one at nine to two, these are the three uh, obvious contenders here. Mike, uh, do you think that they're throwing this last race out from Yonkers for handle or Hanover? Well, certainly we talked about it a lot, Mike, Some- uh, a trotter and uh, the rail, the pole position, number one, especially on a small track, isn't the best thing. But first time Lasix for handle or Hanover tonight. You, you have to uh, consider that, certainly, uh, Yannick Chingra on the bike. But be a magician right now, 8-5 to five on the board, second favorite. And uh, we talked about the be a magician story. I mean, she injured a tendon. She had a scratch in the maxi leaf five months uh, ago. And the trainer, Nifty Norman, uh, thought the Breeders' Crown was a long shot, quite frankly. But she healed up very, very well. She looks very, very solid. Uh, 2013 Horse of the Year. She could be one of four horses wins tonight to have three Breeders' Crown trophies. She won it at three and four, guys. 
Now, her ears are pricked. We're watching her on the TV, Garnett, and she looks really, really sharp. Doesn't look like she uh, is coming off any sort of injury. What, uh, what, what do you make of how she looks on the racetrack right now? You know, she looks, you know, she great, looks right great right there. You see her on the screen. It's funny, in contrast to Hanover Hanover, who was scored down very aggressively here right in front of us a couple of minutes ago, but she looked dynamite too. It's just kind of two different approaches. As Sears just kind of, you know, trots her be a magician very uh, easily past us here, and she looks ready to go. But Hanover Hanover was much more aggressive, which makes me think she's probably leaving for sure. Question, I don't think. Yeah, be a magician coming in front of us right now. On the screen is the 7-1. to one. And, guys, you know, as cool as it is outside, I'm a little bit concerned. The one uh, looks a little bit uh, warm here, Mike Bozich. Uh, what do you make of that? You know, the thing about the one, guys, right now she's 5-1 to one on the board. She just had an opportunity to race, and I think Roger Wallman has been looking for some opportunities for the one. Simply hasn't been able to find it. I mean, she made her North American debut last year. She's obviously phenomenal. Six of nine, three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Garnett, you had a ch- uh, chance to see her in Canada. She was just unbelievable. But uh, only three starts. This year. You certainly have to think fitness could. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's really it's really a bit of a crapshoot with her. But last year at Woodbine, she was sensational uh, in the rain. And, uh, you know, the thing is, she's proven that she can step up on the big stage. The thing is, you know, can she do it with only three starts and hasn't raced since August 17th? I guess we're going to find out. I still would want more than five to one to better on the nose to find out. Maybe another another notch or two higher. Guys, if you're looking at Jake and Carrie here, and this is just me. I pointed this out about Mission Brief last year. She looks like she's walking a little bit uh, weird behind. Uh, I think 12 to 1 uh, is still a little bit too short of a price. Jake and Carrie just didn't look like she was walking all that well. What do you think, Garnett? Yeah, looking at it now, it, it, she looks a little bit off. I mean, I'm not an expert on these things. But even even so, even if she wasn't, you know, from post 8, I would still demand a little bit of a higher price only on post post alone. She could get hung out three or four wide into the first turn here. Garnett, I got to tell you, last year I pointed Mission Brief out to Mike Bozich as walking a little bit weird. And what did she do? Uh, what did she do in the stretch, Mike Bozich? I plead the fifth. <laughs> well, guys, we are getting ready to go to the gate here at the Meadowlands. Uh, the starter is uh, still sitting around. We're waiting now on the start of this race to get four to five on the two Hanalore Hanover. And again, guys, no real surprise here. I think uh, you know Hanalore Hanover was definitely going to be bet down. Um, you know, I, I think that Be a Magician, it, quite frankly, is better than Hanalore Hanover, if you ask me. And I think the one is definitely better than Hanalore Hanover. But Hanalore Hanover has got a ton of early speed. Like Garnett said, though, Hanalore Hanover was scored down very, very aggressively. And that tells me that um, Yannick is going to think about leaving off of the gate. Uh, any, any sort of a long shot price in here from you two? I think it's basically down to these three. Garnett? You know what, if if I was, I, I didn't bet this race other than the pick four. If I was betting an exotic play such as a try or a super, I would probably throw Charm Life on the mid for third and fourth or both third and fourth because, you know, she's just got a habit of uh, hitting the board, uh, kind of picking up the pieces at the end. That's the only one I really consider. All right, guys, we've dissected this race just about all that we can. They are getting ready to go to the gate. The starter is going to call the Breeders' Crown. Philly Mare open trotters to the gate, purse $250,000. And for the call of the 2016 Breeders' Crown Philly and Mare open, let's send it to Ken Workenden, the voice of the Meadowlands Racetrack. And the preferred equine starting gate is starting to roll. And right now, Hanalore Hanover with the first-time Lasix, the track record holder here at 3-5 to five with Yannick Jingra looking for his uh, third win of the night. 
Eight to five right now on the five B, a magician. She is uh, four for four on the season. Big comeback, last out. Six to one on the seven. The defending Breeders' Crown Open Mare Trot champion to one with Tim Tietrick. Field of eight. Lined up for $250,000, the Breeders' Crown Final, Phillies and Mares Open Trot. And here they come. And they're off and trotting, and Be a Magician steps out sharply. So does Hanalore. Hanover, the big favorite on the inside, protects that inside position as Barndahl just floated away in third and ducks to the rail right away as they round that first turn. Charmed Life got away in the uh, fourth position. Uh, followed by Classical Annie as they march to the opening quarter. Then it's I'm So Fancy, followed by Dewan, the defending Breeders' Crown champion, second to last. Got one beat there, Shake It Carry, a two-time Breeders' Crown champion. So up front, it's Be a Magician, Be a Magician, the 2014 Horse of the Year, going for three Breeders' Crowns, 27-4. and four. And now the cue from Yannick Jingra, Hanalore Hanover out of second, and going on to challenge here, and is strung out a bit by Be a Magician as Sears grabs in on her. Gap it two to Barndahl, third across the back stretch. Another two lengths to Charmed Life in the fourth position. Classical Annie is fifth. I'm so fancy sixth. Jacob Carey getting underway from a long way out of it here. And then Dewan is now last as they hit the half mile. And it's Hanalore Hanover there in a tepid 56-1. and one. Not a fast pace, so the tactical advantage here to Hanalore Hanover and Yannick Jingras. They race onto the far turn. Be a magician pockets up here after the good start as they march to three quarters. Shake it carry gets in gear. She's now third, soon to be second on the outside. So a live toe for classical Annie on the outside as they near three quarters. Barndahl gets shoveled to fifth on the inside. Dewan is getting in gear. Third over, four and a half, five from the lead here. Shoveled back is charmed life as they race by three quarters. And then on the outside on Sofenti. Three quarters and one twenty-five and four. And they're trying to close in on Hannah Lore. Hanover now. She's put to the test. Big effort from Shake It Carey's been out from the start. Be a magician is boxed in and crying out for room. Classical Annie on the outside. Then Barndahl. Dewan needs to do more. But Hanalore Hanover's out sprinting them. Hanalore Hanover, the Breeders' Grand Trotting Queen. Hanalore Hanover and Yannick Jingra. Then be a magician. Shake It Carey and Barndahl. One fifty-three and three for Hanalore Hanover. Well, there you have it, Mike Carter, 153-3 and three the time for Hanalore Hanover. And uh, I guess the storyline of that race, uh, Mike, be a magician, was in the pocket the whole way, no passing lane here at the Meadowlands, never, ever had passing room. Yeah, you know, Hanalore Hanover uh, did exactly what Jingra needed to do in uh, 27-56-1. and one. Listen, they slowed it down in the second panel, and they slowed it down even more in the third panel. Uh, final time, 153-3, and three, as they absolutely sprinted home. Garnett, what did you make of uh, this race? I think, um, you know, the race was definitely one in the third quarter where uh, Jingra slowed it down to 29-3. And, three, and he, you know, 27-4 and four coming home into this win tonight, um, you know, uh, Maybe the best mare just won. <laughs> but, uh, you know, to go from the – to steal a uh, 58 middle half certainly didn't hurt. But you know he's going to be up front, and you know he's going to try and control it regardless, right? Yeah, certainly. I mean, Hanalore Hanover brushed to the top, and she was able to uh, pretty much get her own fractions. Uh, be a magician, had the lead uh, approaching the quarter. Hanalore Hanover brushed on past. Uh, Shake it carry, I thought, come pretty determinedly first over. Um, and uh, Barndahl, who also left, uh, was able to tuck. But really, uh, Garnett, nothing uh, from D1. We thought maybe that the lack of racing uh, here this year might hurt this horse. Uh, but really, other than that, that was pretty much it. It was Hanalore Hanover. Uh, Shake It Carry made a pretty nice move. Be a Magician uh, was uh, there as well. But uh, Hanalore Hanover 
certainly turned it around from, uh, from the Yonkers International Trot last night. Guys, we're going to take a quick, quick timeout. When we come back, Jessica Otten has winner's circle reaction from the Meadowlands where the two Hannah Lower Hanovers, the posted winner, number five, Be a Magician, second, eight, Shake It Carry, third, and the six, Barn Doll, finished fourth, two, five, eight, six, time of the mile, 153 and three. We'll be right back. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Every dream has a start, and this one is ours. To trot and pace fast, faster than all the others, and maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second-guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you... There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. Post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich and race number six is official. Your winner returns 340 to 20 to 10. The exact it comes back $6.60 trifecta 258 
$13.60. We'll have Water Circle reaction from Jessica Otten momentarily, but race number six uh, featured Hanalore Hanover, who just absolutely looked dominant against this group. Uh, be a magician, of course, getting locked in and just couldn't get out late. And, uh, you know, listen, uh, Be a Magician put in a very strong effort. The horse that I'm kind of surprised about here, and we'll get to this here momentarily, is Shake It Carry, uh, who looked a little bit uh, short from behind while uh, warming up. But Shake It Carry put in a very, very strong effort, came first up on the leaders, and just could not get to Hanalore Hanover or Be a Magician. And, uh, again, we're waiting on Jessica Otten, who's downstairs uh, in the winter circle, we've got a little bit of hired help with us here, uh, Mike Bozich, and it, it's nice to have, uh, you know, the, our uh, helpers, uh, Garnett Barnsdale and Jessica Otten. Again, Jessica Otten will have winter circle reaction here momentarily. Race 7 is up next. It's 13 minutes away at 9.36, and it is the Breeders' Crown final for open horses and geldings for $421,000, and we're going to send it downstairs uh, now to Jessica Otten with winter circle reaction with driver Yannick Jingra. Yep, Jessica, go ahead. Yep. Hey, guys, I'm here with Yannick Jingra. How did you feel going into the turn with Shake It Carry on the outside? Oh, I felt really good, honestly. I, I knew she, I mean, I didn't know where she was coming from, but I figured she had a, a long way on the outside, and I had the horse beat in the two-hole behind me, so, uh, you know, I, I, I knew I had him where I wanted him. Did she have a little bit less than I think there at the end? It looked like you had a pretty nice hold on her. Yeah, she, she, you know, she could have gotten more for sure. You know, she's a game mare, too. If uh, they got alongside of her, she had to dug in even more. Congratulations, and thank, thank you for your time. There you have it, guys. Hanalore Hanover with trainer Ron Burke and driver Yannick Jingra. <laughs> All right, nice job, Jessica Otten. And, Mike, that was Jessica's very first Winter Circle interview. I think we got to give her a lot of credit. And, and Garnett, you know, too, when, when you're down there, you kind of got a battle with uh, the media and, the, and uh, the security and, you know, just the general atmosphere. And, and a very good job for young Jessica Otten out there. Yeah, guys, she did a fantastic job. Well, real quick, before we dive into race number seven, we're going to talk to Ashley Tietrich. And, Mike, we talked to Winnie Morgan Nemeth on our show uh, last week about the Breeders' Crown Pledge. And, Ashley, uh, talk to us a little bit about it, some of the uh, people maybe uh, supporting the uh, good cause. And uh, New Vocations has been sponsoring us uh, here for a while, and we're very proud to, uh, to have them as a sponsor. Uh, they do a lot of great things for uh, retired racehorses. It's really amazing what they've done and what they've put together. Um, New Vocations has been around for 24 years now, and this is the very first year they've done a really big pledge for the Breeders' Crown Horses, and it's it's been a, a blast. And every one of these owners has stepped up and been amazing, and it's kind of blown away our expectations. Now, Ashley, obviously uh, there's a bunch of drivers and uh, trainers who are pledging here tonight. Now, we want to uh, give our listeners a chance to pledge. How can uh, – Somebody, you know, like me or Mike Bozich or anybody listening, uh, go on to Vacation's website and uh, pledge some money. Absolutely. This isn't just for people that are racing here tonight. Head to newvocations.org. There is a banner on top um, that you'll see. You can hit that banner. It'll bring you to the page, and you can donate. And any little amount helps. A lot of these guys have given percentages or flat rates, but every dollar helps to retrain and rehome these horses. Now, I know uh, a couple of horses from Northfield uh, wound up at New Vocations, and they do a fantastic job. Uh, what, do you, or what do they do to retrain and uh, rehome the horses? What do they try to teach them how to do? Well, you know, the number one thing that they try to do is let them relax and recalculate their brains back into the world of 
of you know being a race a riding horse racehorses are just wired hot that's what they naturally are and new vocations get that they understand it and they utilize them properly um the number one thing they do is they bring these animals in and they teach them you know how a regular everyday riding horse would would be used and that's the number one thing that they have to do now i see you have a list uh on your uh on your phone here uh, tell us uh, about some of the drivers and trainers who uh are uh, participating in this pledge Oh, it's just been amazing. Crawford Farms has been absolutely, you know, a blessing to New Vocations the last few years. CC Racing, this is their first time. They are a Chicago group. from. Um, this is their first Breeders' Crown trip. They have Newborn Sassy and the three-year-old Philly Pace. Um, Newton Trotting, um, the past owners of Sebastian K. They've got Centurion ATM today. Um, but Howard Taylor, Weaver Bershemi, the Berg Brigade, the Zernison crew, Team JC, Mark Harder, um, the Boot and Chains VIP, um, and Corey Callahan has stepped up as well. It's just been amazing. Well, Ashley, we certainly appreciate you taking time out of this cold, cold night. I know it's uh, freezing up here on the roof, but listen, it's for a great cause, folks. New Vocation does a great, a great, great job. And Mike Bozich says um, in our uh, in our open. Make your next horse a retired racehorse. And uh, listen, it's a great cause that you guys do, and i got to give you guys a lot, a lot of credit because it's not easy. Well, it's definitely not me. It's Winnie and everybody at New Vocations. They're amazing, and they're pro racing, and they love to see these horses in second careers, and that's what's important. Ashley, thank you so much for taking time out of your night. Hey, anytime. Thanks for having me. Ashley, come over here for a second. I do have a question for you real quick, and uh, this doesn't have anything to do with new vocations, but uh, who's your favorite driver? Oh, I just have one one special guy in mind. That's Timmy Teacher. He's my favorite. Uh, okay. Are you sure about that? <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Ashley, thank you so much for joining Thanks us. Thanks so much. All right. And uh, while she, I tried to get her, you don't want to say hi? Okay, and that's a little for What's your name again? Trista Teatrick. Trista Teatrick. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming. Thanks so much. And, uh, we certainly appreciate everything you do with new vocations and uh, good luck. All right, that was uh, Ashley Teacher joining us uh, once again. Uh, looks like we're about eight minutes away from race seven. Uh, they're moving uh, right along here at the Meadowlands. Uh, Mike, where are we going? Do we have a timeout to take? Or are we just going to roll right through this? We're going to roll. Okay, we're rolling. Mike's playing producer and host, and uh, Mike, you're doing a bunch of different things over there, and and uh, we certainly appreciate that. But yeah, we're eight minutes away from race seven. Obviously, this is a marquee matchup. That's uh, kind of the gift that keeps on giving. We talked about in the early stages of the year, Mike and Garnett. We talked about how fun this aged pacing rank was going to be, and it did not let us down. Wiggle it, jiggle it, always be Mickey. Both managed to stay healthy all throughout the year, and here we go. They meet in the first crown for uh, open horses. For uh, Pacers, $421,000 is the purse. Now, there's still eight other horses in there, Mike. You know, Clyde Francis, when we interviewed him at Yonkers, Garnett, you're going to get a kick out of this. When we interviewed Clyde Francis right before the race, uh, Wiggle it, jiggle it at Yonkers, we asked uh, Clyde who was his biggest competition in the race. And he said, well, heck, there's seven other horses in there. We've got seven competitors in this race. But, uh, you know, hey, listen, Clyde's always lighthearted. The Teagues have been fantastic. And, Mike, one of the great things about the aged group, uh, Garnett, one of, the eight, one of the great things about the aged group is the fact that you've got good people behind these horses. The Teagues have been tremendous. Tact has been uh, tremendous. And, of course, we don't want to forget Freaky Feet Pete. Unfortunately, uh, trainer Larry Reinheimer passed away uh, not too long ago. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, um, at the Little Brown Jug, uh, the Teagues brought, had um, Wiggle It Jiggle It there 
two days in a row for several hours in the morning with uh, Montreal sitting signing uh, pitchers. So people also got to keep that in mind of uh, you know what great ambassadors they've been for the sport. And they put up some uh, they put up some dough here to race tonight. And they said you know and George said uh, it's it's for the good of the sport partially, right? I mean also you know they can get some of the purse, but they still have to put up fifty grand to race here. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, Garnett, because when I talked to Clyde Francis at uh, the Little Brown Jug, and I think, you know, you retweeted this, or Ushua Canada did. I know you do a lot of work with their page. You know, they weren't coming to the Breeders' Crown at that point. They said, no, we're not going. It just doesn't make sense for us to go, um, you know, money-wise. And, you know, that that was the way they felt about it. And uh, I am so, so, so glad that uh, Wiggle It Jiggle It is here. Now, I'm not, you know, I can't say I'm surprised at the board right now. Three to five would always be Mickey, guys. Uh, six to five on Wiggle It Jiggle It. I think that is a fantastic price, Mike Bozich. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, I mean, you know, three to five, six to five. I think these horses have traded wins uh, the whole time. Uh, obviously, if you're going to look elsewhere, I all, and, and we've talked about this already when we were going through our pick fours, the only possible other horse, in my opinion, is uh, Shambhala. Now, Garnett, you've had a chance to see, uh, see Shambhala quite a bit uh, up in Canada. Uh, he is certainly capable to race here on this big stage. Uh, we have seen that time and time again. Uh, obviously, I think that he would need some kind of trip uh, in order to uh, get there, but who knows? I mean, at 8-1, to one, maybe it's worth a shot. No, the way I'm playing, I'm playing the race, I'm going to use him for second behind always be Mickey. No disrespect to the superstar uh, Wiggle It Jiggle It, but what are you going to do with 3-5 to five and 6-5 to five shots? If you're going to play the race, you got to look for some value. And the thing, like I, like I mentioned earlier in the show, his race last week where he finished, he went from first to fourth in the stretch, is a complete toss-out because all 11 horses that had the lead at the three-quarters last week, most of them didn't finish on the board, and none of them won. So there was a massive bias playing against him last week. And the other thing was he had 13 days between starts. Um, and you know what? I mean, how much do they really need that $12,000, you know, $17,000? I mean, I, I don't know. So it's a little bit of a tightener, and it should have him really as tight as a drum for this race. I think he's got a shot. Guys, another horse I think can't be overlooked, and you're getting 48 to 1 currently is all bets off. It's a horse that has a ability to close from off the pace, and you know we haven't seen too many closers here tonight, but all bets off seems to be seems to show up at the right times, and you know it, it's another horse that you know is kind of a question mark. You're really not sure. Um, what to make of him. Uh, James Witherite in the program says he's been consistently in the second tier of the top pacers earning minor checks. And he's right, guys. He has been earning minor checks. Uh, he's been close uh, a few times. And he, he, the last time he missed a check was in the U.S. Pacing Championship back on August the 6th and was third in the Joe Garrity against Wiggle It Jiggle It. I, I think all bets off should be at least be considered for a little bit of a price play underneath, Mike. Yeah, we're going to be, uh, after the post-parade, we're going to be joined by James Witherwright for just a couple of minutes. Uh, uh, the voice of Tioga Downs is a lot of work here at the Meadowlands. Uh, he's actually done the morning line uh, here, and I think he's done a pretty darn good job, by the way. Um, and we're going to talk to James uh, about that in just a moment. But, yeah, that's an interesting uh, horse that you bring up. I mean, I don't know if I would put him on top of third or fourth. Now, if you remember, Mike, in the Dan Patch, all bets off was flying. As a matter of fact, uh, a couple of steps off to the wire, he was ahead of him. So, you know, it all depends on pace shape but uh, look I mean it's just so hard when you've got this marquee matchup of always be Mickey versus Wiggle It Jiggle It it's just so hard to get off of one up as only the all-star alright guys here come the all-star buglers for race number seven
As race number seven is the $421,000 Horse and Gelding Open Pace, and it is the race. I said this already. It is race number seven, guys. Jeez Louise. Number one is Split the House for Trader Chris Hoax is coming off a fourth place finish against Open Company last week here at the Meadowlands. Number two, Shambhala, winner of the United States Pacing Derby here, Pacing Championship here. At the Meadowlands, his biggest win this year came against always be Mickey and Wiggly Jiggly. Can he repeat it? Maybe, maybe not. We'll find out. Three is certainly one of the long shots of the group. Mock it so right now, 99 to 1 on the board, so we really have no idea what he actually is. But 32 of 88, 7 of 23 this year. Obviously, the theory is that he's a bit uh, slower than these. Can he compete? I don't know. Obviously, uh, a trip's a must there for him to get a, part, a piece. The fastest pacer of all time is the four, Always Be Mickey, coming off a strong 148 performance against Open Company last week. Always Be Mickey, definitely the horse to beat at 1-2. to two. The five-horse Delta winner comes off a race where he finished second, beating four length, Always Be Mickey at 148-4 and four here last week. This is a horse that uh, typically finishes on the edges against this company and maybe one to consider for your exotic plays. That's Delta winner. Number six is all bets off. The five-year-old Ron Burke trainee driven by Matt Kikaley's 21 of 74. No slouch. He's made over $2 million. Like we talked about, uh, he can race from on or off the pace in the Dan Patch way back when a couple of uh, months ago going up against these same horses making a very move from the stretch. Obviously, it'll have to be his A++ effort to win this one. Guys, a horse that needs no introduction is the seven, Wiggle It Jiggle It, trained by Clyde Francis, is coming off of three straight victories, one in the Kean, one in the Dayton Derby, and one against Invitational Company at Yonkers. It's a mark of 147-2 and two this year, all over a sloppy track at the Meadowlands. Again, I think the headwind is going to make a, a little bit of a difference here, but 8-5 to five is a fantastic price on world champion Wiggle It Jiggle It. Number eight, Luck Be With You, owned by John Craig, trained by Chris Oaks, driven by Brent Miller, was one of the horses involved in a little bit of a controversy here this week. But he's 99-1 to on the board currently. He's won five times and almost 200000 this year. He'll need a lot of luck to get it done here. Number nine is Mel Murby Beach. Uh, Yannick Shingra is driving, looking for back-to-back wins. Probably not going to happen here. I mean, a double-digit long shot, 99-1. to Does have 20 of 83 in the win column, 5 of 35. It's going to take some divine intervention here, you would think. Guys, another 99 to 1 shot is the 10 American Primetime. Trainer Rick Dane Jr. Uh, is coming off of a ninth place effort, missing by a lot. Didn't get the best trip, was parked a mile against Open Company last week here at the Meadowlands, and was sixth the week before. Has been facing Open Company and uh, doesn't have a stakes record, or a stakes win anyway, on the, uh, on the line here. So I have to say that American Primetime is a very, very big long shot. Folks, that is the field for the Breeders' Crown Open Horse and Gelding Final Purse, $421,000. We're joined now by the track announcer at Tioga Downs. He, listen, he does a little bit of everything here. I got to tell you, he does the bugle. He does the press releases. James, I don't know how you do it, but we're joined by James Withery. James, uh, first of all, how are you? And second of all, what do you make of this uh, seventh race? Doing all right, Michael. Thanks for having me, Michael, Mike, and Garnet. Great to be here. What do I make of the seventh race? Well, what we all make of it, it's a, it's a virtual match race. The board shows as much. Always be Mickey. Two's on. Wiggle it, jiggle it, 1.6 to 1. Then you've got Shambhala at nines and everybody else. You're looking at a $50 win mutual at the lowest. So as far as, far as how the race shapes up, I mean, like Sam said on the television broadcast, 
it really does shape up just as a match race. Always be Mickey and Wiggle It Jiggle It. Both have won from on the pace, in pressing roles, from off cover alike. They're both incredibly versatile animals, and they've just been taking shots at each other this year. Interesting thing tonight about how the races have been unfolding. There's a strong headwind in the home straight, probably around 30, 40 kilometers an hour, but it hasn't affected how well the pace holds up. In fact, pace has been holding up extraordinarily well despite the headwind. We haven't seen too many stalker closer types win. Horses emerge from the pocket. We just saw last race, handle or Hanover, rate the whole way and open up in the home straight despite the headwind. So I really think it's going to be a race to the lead early and whomever can, whomever can establish the lead by the time they head into the final three-eighths of the mile. The way the races have been playing so far tonight, that's what I'm expecting. James, we still got a couple of minutes uh, before we get to this race, and we'll talk about other horses. Look on the track uh, in a moment. But I do want to uh, – what do you got, Mike? What, what I do want to mention is that you do the morning line. You've done the morning line here at the Meadowlands for these Breeder Crown races, and I have to tell you, and we've talked about it before off the air, James, it's a, a, a very thankless job. But i got to tell you, you've done a heck of a job here. Uh, real quick, in about a minute or less, uh, what was your thoughts – coming in with this uh, with this morning line and uh, doing this morning line, what were your thoughts and your thought processes uh, into the Breeders' Ground? Again, really, really a matter of going through the entire season, seeing how these horses have squared off against each other time and again. And even though I selected Wiggle It Jiggle It as my personal choice in this race, I felt it always be Mickey coming off that 146 mile at Lexington off that scintillating effort was going to take a lot of play. Turns out that was indeed the case as he's twos on taking the lion's share of the play, wiggle it, jiggle it one and a half to one as we approach post time. All right, James, thank you. We'll probably hear from you before we broadcast this up. We certainly appreciate you joining us. Jessica Otten is downstairs right now amongst the crowd. Jessica, what can you tell us about how the horses are looking on the racetrack? They look phenomenal warming up. I know I was in the back um, in the paddock before they were all harnessed up and wiggle it, jiggle it was uh, definitely on his game, jumping up around and, his stall and trainer, Clyde Francis, took him for a little walk to calm him down. So uh, we'll just see what it pans out to be like. I also watched uh, always see Mickey warm up, and he looks as sharp as always. So it'll be definitely interesting to see what happens tonight. You saw Hanover, Hanover win, mostly from the front, even with the wind out there. So we'll see if the front end holds up for this one. So Jessica, have you looking at other horses, maybe you know Shambhala or Split the House or other horses that might uh, might uh, have a shot in here? Or is anybody else warmed up exceptionally well? Uh, I thought Shambhala warmed up pretty well too. Um, he is the only one who has the always be Mickey and uh, Wiggle It Jiggle It. He did keep. I mean, he was second to um, always be Mickey in the 146 mile, chasing a 146 and one, coming home with 26 and one on the end. So it will definitely. Um, Definitely be interesting to see if he can get sucked along there, maybe pop the upset. We'll have to uh, see how this race pans out. All right, Jessica. Well, we know you got to get ready for this uh, next Winter Circle. We certainly appreciate the insight. Thank you so much. Okie dokie. I'll call back in a few. Bye. All right. Garnett, let's talk a little bit about this race. Uh, you know, I mean, there's really not a whole lot to say other than talking about the big three. But, you know, Shambhala looks – I mean, watching Shambhala on the racetrack, Shambhala looks good. Uh, of course, Wiggly Jiggly, you know, we're talking about Shambhala, and Shambhala pops up on the television screen. Uh, looks really, really sharp. Uh, driver Scott Theron with his feet out of the uh, – out of the sulky, uh, what do you make of how he looks? 
He looks great. Um, you know, the big thing with this race is going to be how does it go? Like last, uh, the last race, be a magician shot right to the front. Handler Hanover took the lead. No retake. What's going to happen here if um, always be Mickey moves first to the front and then wiggle it, jiggle it goes? Does always be Mickey try a retake and uh, wiggle it leaves him out there? I don't know. We could have one of these monumental battles here or or not. I mean, that's going to be the whole tell. That's going to be the tale of this race, I think. Well, guys, well, obviously, the, guys, uh, yeah. one second, Mike. Obviously, this is always be Mickey, wiggle it, jiggle it, maybe a little bit of Shambhala. My question to you guys is, is where does the time go? Now, keep in mind, we're at a, it's a 45-degree night. You've got a headwind in the stretch. Guys, what are you thinking time-wise? I'll say uh, 48 flat. Guys, I'm going to go a little bit or a lot a bit slower than that. I think it's going to go 49-3, and three, something along those lines. Uh, the starting gate moving into position for race number seven here at the Meadowlands Racetrack. It's the Breeders' Crown Final for open horse and gelding pacers per $421,000. And for the live call of Wiggle It, Jiggle It versus Always Be Mickey, round number 20, it seems like. Let's send it to Ken Workenden with the live call of race number seven. Time for race seven, three to five. On Always Be Mickey, the fastest harness horse in history, 146. Wiggle it, jiggle it on the verge of $4 million. He is the uh, 3 to 2 second choice, and 9 to 1 for the one, or the uh, two rather, Shambhala, who beat them in the U.S. Pacing Championship. And the preferred equine starting gate is rolling. Full field of 10 open class pacers, the Breeders' Crown Final for $421,000, presented by BetBear.com. Super matchup here. Always be Mickey and wiggle it, jiggle it. Shambhala with post two. Three to five on Always Be Mickey. They're on gate. Here they come. And they're off, as expected. Montreal Teague and wiggle it, jiggle it. Going to blast off. And Dave Miller urging on Always Be Mickey out quickly to track him in second. Up the rail split. The house gets away in third. Shambhala got away well. He's in the fourth position. Mockitso fifth. They round the first turn. Delta winner is sixth as they march to the opening quarter. Then it's all bets off, followed by Luck Be With You and Mel Murphy Beach in American Prime Time. So it's Wiggle It, Jiggle It in front here, and Always Be Mickey revved up right on the Montreal Peak Helmet, 27-1. and one. Wiggle It, Jiggle It, and Always Be Mickey will stalk him as they go down the backstretch, the two champions. It's a gap of a length, too. It's split the house in the third position. Shambhala's fourth across the backstretch towards the half. Makaso is fifth on the cones. Then is Delta winner, followed by all bets off. Another two lengths to luck be with you. Then Mel Murphy Beach, an American prime time, and they're seated single file. So wiggle it, jiggle it. Dictates the terms here, and he paves the way past the half in a tepid 55 and 1. He stole a 28 second second quarter. Well rated is wiggle it, jiggle it here. Always be Mickey, and Dave Miller can't wait any longer now. And he lunches the fastest harness horse in history up and after wiggle it, jiggle it. So the battle is on as they head to three quarters. Shambhala picks up the live cover. He's second over now in prime striking position. Split the house on the inside, fourth. Delta winner is fifth on the outside. Mockitso needs racing room from sixth. To the outside, all bets off is seventh. Three quarters for Wiggle It, Jiggle It, 122 and 127 flat. And it's a sprint to the wire in the Breeders' Crown open pace. Wiggle It, Jiggle It, squaring off with Always Be Mickey on the outside. Shambhala needs to do more. Split the house on the inside. Wiggle It, Jiggle It, Always Be Mickey on the outside. One final surge and Wiggle It, Jiggle It, Always Be Mickey won't give up. Always Be Mickey! He's a Breeders' Crown repeater and he delivers a knockout blow on Wiggle It, Jiggle It in 149. A classic Breeders' Crown matchup. 
Mike Carter, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What a stretch drive. We talked about this race. It was always be Mickey versus Wiggle it Jiggle it. It did not disappoint. Always be Mickey vacates the cones at three quarters. What an exciting last quarter. And always be Mickey up narrowly in a time of 149. Well, listen, I got I to gotta say, I was the closest to, to the time. But that's all I was close on. Listen, always be Mickey put in a strong effort. And Garnett, I don't know if you'll agree with me here, but I think Wiggle It Jiggle It, I mean, he was drifting out. I think he was just a tired racehorse tonight. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not so sure if he was a tired racehorse. I mean, they came home in 26 and 4. I think it's just the. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit speechless here because I've never seen two horses put up so many epic races in one year. Another epic race from two superstars. What more could you say? Guys, listen. Ken Workenden said it absolutely the best. It was a Breeders' Crown. It's just a memorable Breeders' Crown. Listen, I could sit and watch these two go head to head every week. I don't care that they're three to five. And listen, I don't care. Listen, I know people are on Twitter, probably talking about how boring two one to nine horses. Who gives a crap? Three to five and six to five, and get these two horses are absolutely fantastic, and they deserve each other. Well, they certainly do, guys. And I'm going to tell you, if they raced ten times, Widgie would win five. Always be Mickey would win five. That's how closely matched these horses are. A war for the ages. And you talk about your great rivalries, guys. Uh, I mean, what more can you say? You know, the thing about it is, is we're speechless analyzing the race. Because all these great horses leave it on the racetrack in this aged pacing rank. And we're speechless after the race of what we just saw because it did not disappoint. All right, guys, we're going to take a very, very quick timeout. When we come back, we'll recap race number seven, where Always Be Mickey is the Breeders' Crown Champion. Every dream has a start. And this one is ours. To trot and pace fast faster than all the others, and maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race, not with this horse, not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others and be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat.
way to a two-length lead. Shambhala is tipped to the outside in second. All bets off racing in third. Always be Mickey is full out. Shambhala trying to track him down on the outside. All bets off on the far outside. Always be Mickey pacing home strongly. Shambhala second. Always be Mickey is heading down to the line. Always be Mickey in believe that. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter, Garnett Barnesdale, and uh, Jessica Otten's going to have winner's circle reaction right now. As always, B. Mickey is in the winner's circle for the trophy presentation. Uh, I see Hall of Famer Dave Miller down there, of course. Jimmy Tactor, always B. Mickey walking into the winner's circle right now. Uh, just an unbelievable battle. And uh, guys, once again, it's not a battle. It's a war when these two horses get on the racetrack each and every time. Garnett, we uh, we didn't really get a chance to uh, talk to you before the break, but just, I mean, an absolutely immaculate performance from these guys. I mean, just week in and week out, these two just constantly go at each other. And it's it, what makes it even more fun is it's not like Wiggly Jiggly beats Always Be Mickey all the time and vice versa. These two beat each other consistently on a regular basis. They do, they do. Um, you know, from what I've seen, though, I, I have to, I have to give a bit of a slight edge to the horse that won tonight. I mean, 53 and four, first up, the back half in this weather where speed's basically winning. He's the fastest horse of all time. He's gotten some phenomenal. He won another first up trip. I think it was at Dayton or uh, uh, the other one in Ohio that I can't think of right now. Sayoto Downs, like that. I mean, he's gone some more monster trips, I would think. But I mean, you, you can't really take anything away from either of them. It's just. Incredible spectacle, really. Guys, Jessica Otten is going to be joining with Winter Circle Reaction here momentarily. Uh, race number seven is official. Let's get some prices, though. $2 exact of four seven, four dollars eighty cents. I think that's uh, healthy. Listen, four eighty for those two. Trifecta, $11.40. Another healthy trifecta, if you ask me. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, what I would consider a common-sense trifecta. Pick three returns fifteen sixty, and the Dime Super returns a soft three dollars and 32 cents guys no real uh no real surprise there race number eight is up next it's 13 minutes away and guys here in the eighth race currently one to nine no surprise here at all with lady shadow uh lady shadow has about three to four seconds excuse me on everybody in this field in the elimination uh last week and you know i think lady shadow is going to be the definite definite horse to beat again we're going to have order circle reaction from race number seven here momentarily i see jessica looking at me and waving uh, she's trying to get uh david miller or jimmy tactor here a lot of people a very crowded winter circle and uh real quick uh as garnett's taking a picture uh garnett horse of the year implications in this race is always be mickey your horse of the year uh yeah he is i mean he's the fastest horse of all time he just finished off with the Breeders' Crown here. He's my horse of the year for sure. Mike Bozich, you know, we, we've had this discussion. Is it Marion Marauder? Is it Wiggle It Jiggle It? Is it Always Be Mickey? But I think the nod has to go to uh, Always Be Mickey here. 
This was, uh, what do they say, the icing on the cake, uh, certainly for Always Be Mickey. Uh, fastest horse ever to uh, grace a racetrack. Uh, proved it again tonight at 149. Garnett, you brought up a really good point. That uh, fraction in the back half in these kind of conditions. And actually, since we've talked, it seems like the wind has picked up. I mean, it is a headwind in the stretch, uh, probably going at about 15 miles per hour, and it is a biting, biting wind. I don't even think the building is uh, shading us anymore, Mike, or helping us out, shielding us from the wind. But, uh, yeah, we're going to turn it over to Jess Scott here in just a moment. It's a very crowded winter's circle. Obviously, a lot of pictures being taken, uh, and, uh, you know, the horse is still in the winter's circle. So this is uh, this is quite a celebration here, Mike. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned how cold it is. I don't know about you guys, but my fingers are frozen. I can barely type on my uh, my computer. Listen, Garnett, listen, I'm from Buffalo. I'm, I'm joined by a fellow Buffalo fan, and, and you're from Toronto. I shouldn't be complaining about the cold. <laughs> I uh, personally hate the cold, and if I could move somewhere where it's never cold, I would do it tomorrow. <laughs> well, guys, race number eight again is up next. We're just 11 minutes away, and again, a, a big, big favorite here, um, so really not a whole lot to analyze uh, in this race, as uh, Jessica Otten is uh, going to... Hey, look at this, guys. She's diving in. I love it. She is diving in and just going to go ahead and grab her uh, grab some winter circle reaction with Jimmy Tactor and assuming not brett miller david miller and uh yeah definitely it's a fact to follow well, jessica is trying to chase down jimmy tactor real quick and uh for a quick word let's go ahead and send it down to her mike jessica go ahead i'm joined here with uh jimmy tactor jimmy how did you feel coming into the ninth race Ah, coming into it, that was good. But, you know, when I saw the fraction, you know, I was a little worried because I know it's going to be a good sprint here. But uh, what a feeling to see this horse eat him up. He is a phenomenal horse. What did you think coming into the three-quarter pole when Wiggler Jiggler tried to open up on the field but Mickey just kept fighting? I was a little worried. I mean, you know, the pace was a little bit too low. But, uh, you know, it's great horse should overcome things. Well, congratulations. I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thank you. And there you have it. Wig, or, um, always be Mickey surging on the outside of Wiggle and Jiggle to get the win for trainer Jimmy Factor and driver David Miller. Jessica, another fantastic job talking with Jimmy Tactor after winning race number seven. Guys, race number eight is up next. We're going to take a very, very, very quick timeout. Um, Mike Bozich, uh, let, let's talk to, uh, talk, to, talk to us a little bit before we go to break about uh, what's coming up on tomorrow's show. Well, we've got a lot coming up on tomorrow's show. Obviously, we've got full coverage of the two- and three-year-olds. We're going to have uh, some very uh, nice segment, segments, uh, hopefully. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about all the time, what a tremendous recovery she has made uh, since uh, overcoming the colic uh, after, right after the Hamiltonian Oaks, Mike. She's going to be in action tomorrow, plus another great story, Darlin' on the Beach. Uh, we have, uh, we're going to have a chance to sit down and talk with uh, Nancy Johansson. Darlin' on the Beach a couple of months ago suffered uh, AFib there at the Pocono Downs uh, in a big race was uh, starting to come to a stop there and things were definitely iffy there for a while so we're going to uh, talk to her plus we're going to have complete wall-to-wall coverage Mike of the uh, two and three-year-old paces and trotters tomorrow it's going to be a fantastic day we'll be on the air tomorrow at 8 30 8 30 to 11 33 hour broadcast and then we'll get a majority of those Breeders' crown races in all right well we're going to take a very quick timeout when we come back more coverage of the breeder's crown don't forget you get bet the breeder's crown with our sponsor bet america Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland-Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. 
It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Ever dream of owning your own racehorse? How would you like to get in the winner's circle? With the number one harness racing partnership in the U.S., VIP State. There's nothing like the thrill of your horse coming down the stretch. To find out more, call VIP Stable at 877-VIP-WIN-1 or visit us on the web at www.vipstable.com. Turning horse racing fans into racehorse owners. Be a winner. Back here at the Meadowlands on Breeders' Crown Night Number 1, 2016, just concluding some winner's circle ceremonies for the open pace winner. Always be Mickey with his 11th win in 17 starts in 2016. And this horse has just had a an incredible career considering he has a, a number of screws in uh, two of his legs, I believe. Um, just just a, a, one of the greatest horses of all time. I think don't think anybody would disagree with that. Coming up next, race eight, the Breeders' Crown Phillies and Mares Open. We have a one-to-nine shot on the board. Lady Shadow, who got back on track last week in her elimination with a with a monster win, and she's going to be really hard to beat here. Yeah, Garnett, I completely agree with you. I think Lady Shadow is the horse to beat. If you're looking for a little bit of value underneath, I think Katie said is definitely a horse that uh, could present some, present some value. But let's talk real quick as a panel here, and Garnett, we'll start with you with about Frost Damage Blues. Frost Damage Blues uh, sort of lucked up for trainer Tom Fanning last week and uh, was placed first. Uh, came home in 25-2. and two. Absolutely phenomenal against um, Skip, or excuse me, against Sasse Hanover, who was again boxed in. This is a race I I think Sasse Hanover at 60 to one might be a small, small, small play, but what do you think of frost damage blues here? I like her, but you know, one of the things you got to keep in mind was they crawled around the racetrack. So this, this Philly was loaded turning for home. Now, if they go 21 and one, I don't think they can go that fast tonight in this weather, but you know, if they go three seconds faster, uh, the way lady shadow did last week, how much is that? How much of the sting is that going to take out of her? And, you know, hopefully she'll be able to lay a little bit closer if you use her in the try, which I probably will. But I think, uh, once again, you've got to look for horses that are up near the front. Um, that's pretty much the way it's been going all night. And, uh, you know, if I bet this horse, I'm, I'm going to hope she's not seventh turning for home because I don't see her passing five or six horses this time. Mike Bozich? Um, well, one of the things, and I think Garnett's right. I mean, obviously, pace shape is going to play a big factor here. Uh, I think Frost Damage Blues is definitely going to need the benefit of a trip. I mean, she's going to have to work into a cover flow. And you can see the race two starts back uh, in the Alarage where she just uh, completely mistimed her move. I mean, she had to leave the top of the stretch. Uh, still come home in 27-4, but obviously that wasn't good enough as she lost four lengths. It was a well-timed move last time, but like you said, they were crawling around the racetrack. So uh, I just don't know if uh, the race is going to set uh, up quite for him because you have to think that there's going to be uh, a speed from the outside, perhaps with Sasa Hanover, and uh, I will guarantee a Lady Shadow will be brushing. She will probably uh, be on top at the half. So it's just it's Lady Shadow's race to win or lose, and if anybody can uh, come and get her, maybe Katie said she's going to have to work out some kind of cover trip because uh, I kind of pity the horse that's going to have to come first over on Lady Shadow, guys. 
Guys, uh, I, I think that's pretty much all you could really say about this race. We're going to take a look at uh, Garnett, and uh, we were able to, Mike Bozich did some production work on uh, and did his homework on some harness racing history for the Breeders' Crown. We're going to take a quick listen into some of the stuff he found. On January 31st, 1984, the Breeders' Crown Championship Series was born. The event consisted of eight divisions of Colt and Philly Pacers and Trotters, racing for a combined $4 million in purses. The initial series started on October 5, 1984, at the Red Mile in Lexington, Kentucky. The following season, an agreement was reached with a small network at the time, the Entertainment and Sports Programming Network, also known as ESPN. There have been a plethora of Breeders' Crown moments over the past 31 years, one such was in 1990 at Pompano Park when a pair of talented two-year-old male pacers collided in what was the most hyped matchup in harness racing at the time, Arts Place versus Die Laughing. 11 pound bats off the front quarter at 26, 2 them, and Die Laughing parked off a quarter at 26 and 2, now will find himself in trouble as they race toward the half. And the most anticipated race in harness racing was over at the quarter. Die Lamping was parked to a 26-2 and two grueling opening fraction, and Arts Place never looked back after that. An incredible performance. After carving a front quarter at 26-2, and two, a half and 53-2, and two, Arts Place wins at 151-1-5. There is the world record. There is the fastest two-year-old pacer in the history of the sport, the fastest two-year-old ever, and he does it on a 5-8. Arts Place's win will go down as one of the most dominant performances not only in Breeders' Crown history, but all of harness racing. Arts Place went on to win the Breeders' Crown in 1992 as well in the open pace, completing a 16-race undefeated season and eventual Horse of the Year honors. 1984 was the inaugural year of the Breeders' Crown Series, and the two-year-old Colton Gelding Pacing Division was dominated by a horse named Nihilator. Going into the crown, he was a perfect 11 for 11, and he set the table for a Breeders' Crown celebration the race before, crushing his competition in the eliminations, including Jeff Mallard's Dragon's Lair. In the finals, Nihilator went off as the heavy 1 to 5 favorite, but little did the harness racing world realize they were about to witness one of the most memorable upsets in the sport's history. The Wizard, Warm Castle is seventh, treading the field, flight of fire. As they race around the turn, Dragon's Lair up on the outside, past the quarter, and the fastest ever, 26 and 3. An interesting strategy, perhaps, as Dragon's Lair went to the front just one hour before the elimination, only to be gunned down by Nihilator in a then world record. This time, however, the result would change. Nihilator's world record lasted for just one hour as Dragon's Lair reclaimed the mark in 154-1. It was Nihilator's first lifetime defeat. The fireworks continued at the post-race interview, and confident Jeff Mallett said, I'd like to thank Lou Guida for bringing Nihilator to the Meadows, 
so that Dragon's Lair could beat him. The Breeders' Crown series has been the proving grounds for many legendary champions. The Great Trotter, Mac Lobel, won three consecutive Breeders' Crown titles. His 12 and 3 quarter length victory in the three-year-old Colt Trot in 1987 at Pompano Park is still the largest in Breeders' Crown history. One of the best paces to ever live, Jenna's Beach Boy, won the Breeders' Crown at ages 2, 3, and 4 from 1994 to 1996. His win in the open pace at age 4 was at a sizzling 148 and 4, the fastest mile in the history of the Breeders' Crown at the time. Trotting superstar Peace Corps remains the only horse with four Breeders' Crown titles, winning the two-year-old trot in 1988, the three-year-old Philly trot in 1989, and the trot for mares in 90 and 92. She eventually won more than $4 million in her career. The Breeders' Crown has also been the stage to individual accomplishments as well. Driver Tim Tietrich had a dominant night at Woodbine back in 2012 with four wins, two seconds, and two thirds. At the time, he was the only driver to win four Breeders' Crown races in one night. That changed in 2015 when Hall of Famer Dave Miller won five Breeders' Crown races in one evening. It was also a record-setting night for trainer Jimmy Tactor, who had six wins on the program. Tactor and Miller teamed up in the aged pace with Always Be Mickey, who is now the fastest pacer in all of harness racing, with a mile of 146 just a few weeks ago at the Red Mile. Hall of Fame driver John Campbell has dominated the Breeders' Crown standings. He's hit the Breeders' Crown winner's circle 45 times with purse earnings over $21 million. He was the first driver to win three crowns in one night in 1991 and in 2001. Coverage of the 2016 Breeders' Crown from the Meadowlands is brought to you by Bet America. It's time to play the Bet America way. VIP Stables, bringing harness racing fans into the winner's circle since 1999. Iowa Casino Racing at Pompano Park, the winter capital of harness racing for over 50 years. Friends of Maryland Standardbreds. Promoting standard bread racing in the state of Maryland and beyond. Embroidery Unlimited, your one-stop shop for all of your embroidery needs. The Stable.ca, an affordable way to own a racehorse through fractional ownership and new vocations. Make your next horse an ex-racehorse. Thank you, Mike and Mike. Well, we're back here on post time with Mike and Mike, and uh, listen, Garnett, I, I gotta see, I gotta ask. I think uh, Mike did his homework on that one. That was really good. Yeah, I was uh, very impressive, and as usual, he has a very good voice for it. Now, Mike, do I get a raise for that or no? Do I get a little bit of a boost check or no? No, <laughs> no shot. Listen, guys, we are coming up uh, here in just a couple of minutes to race number eight. And we know we missed the post parade, but guys, I, I think we're all in agreement here. Lady Shadow is the horse to beat. Let's go with some long shot underneath picks since we really don't have a whole lot to go on here. Um, guys, I think that the four <laughs> Frost Damage Blues, five to one is a little bit of a short price if you ask me. I think Sasa Hanover has got a better shot to hit the ticket at 47 to one, Garnett. Yeah, I, I do too. And I just plugged uh, four or five dollar tries in with my uh, count here. I used Sasa Hanover for second and third behind Lady Shadow. 
And the other two horses I used were Katie Said and Frost Damage Blues. I think if I get uh, Sasa Hanover on the ticket here, it could pay half decent. Now, I think we're probably all still live on our pick fours. The big question is, if anybody hits it, will we show a profit, which is uh, debatable at this point. Okay, I didn't know if we had Jess or not, if she was downstairs. I, I saw her waiting on there, but I didn't know if she was uh, uh, going to uh, give us an update on how the horses look. She is or she is? Yeah, what? Okay, let's send it. Let's see if she's there. Let's uh, eavesdrop on it. J- Jess? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Hi, Jess. Hi, Jess. How have the horses looked out there? Uh, they're coming up uh, to the gate here in just a few minutes. Um, They look good. Um, I'm sitting inside right now because it's cold out there, but um, from what I can see, they look like they're uh, pretty good. But um, I noticed you guys haven't said anything about Solar Sister, which I think could be an upset here. You know, Jessica, it's interesting you say that because Solar Sister uh, was first place fourth uh, last week in the Breeders' Crown elimination for trainer Greg McNair and Doug McNair. Uh, real quick, I want to bring Garnett in here, Jessica. We'll talk about Solar Sister because, Garnett, this is a horse that's come from uh, come from your hometown. Yeah, you know, she had a little bit of a slow start to the season, but uh, she's, in, she's in top form now. I'm playing against her because I think uh, she probably would have got beat last week off that soft half if Sasa Hanover got uh, got room, but I mean, she's uh, definitely a contender. And, Jessica, we're, I'm jealous that you're inside because I've just started a fire up there. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I was starting to shiver to the point where I was shaking, so I decided to come sit in here where it's warm. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we are just 49 seconds away from race number eight. Jessica, we're going to put you back on hold uh, for just a minute. Thanks for your insight there. Okie dokie. See ya. All right, guys. That's just gotten. Listen, real quick before they go to the gate, you know, for somebody who has never done any broadcast work or anything like that, you know, I got to give her uh, a little bit of credit. What do you think? Garnett, Garnett. She's phenomenal. And like I was saying a, a few minutes ago, I have a really tough act to follow tomorrow trying to nudge my way in there to get interviews. At least, she, you know, she's probably about 7 million times better looking than me, which is a major disadvantage. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I give her a lot of credit because she was like a bulldog in there, boy. She just plowed through. You should have seen. I wish people could see all the people in the winner's circle uh, for Always Be Mickey. Is, is uh, Jessica just did a tremendous job. While we're getting ready to go to the game, Ken Morkinson's ready to uh, pick up the call. It's the Philly and Mare Open going for a price of $250,000. Final look at the odds. Lady Shadow is obviously the heavy 1-5 to five favorite here. Frost Damage Blues, second choice at 5-1. to one. Solar's sister, horse we just talked about, is 6-1. to one. And uh, my long shot, Katie said right now, is uh, 22 to 1. We'll see how it plays out. The starter is called. Let's go to track announcer Ken Warkinson for the call. Mares are at the gate, and the preferred equine starting gate is rolling for the Breeders' Crown final. For Phillies and Mares open, one to five here on two. Lady Shadow looking to uh, lock down and seal the. Division title here, 5-1 on the 4, Frost Damage Blues, and 6-1 on the 5, Solar Sister. Field of 10. For the Breeders' Crown Final, Phillies and Mares Open, presented by Crawford Farms, for $250,000. Lady Shadow at 1-5, on gate. Here they come. They're off. Sasa Hanover gets the first call. Skipping by is out quickly. Frost Damage Blues with speed from the inside. And Solar Sisters right there in the early mix around the first turn. Frost Damage Blues trying to swoop down on her. And uh, coming on three wide is skipping by. So splitting them going for the lead here is Solar Sister. That one going up there with Lady Shadow now third. 
So that leaves Skip and Buy parked on the outside. Divine Caroline assumes the fourth position. Skip and Buy is fifth, looking to squeeze in in front of Sasa Hanover sixth past the opening quarter. Then it's two lengths to Katie Said down the back stretch, followed by Regal, Electra, and Better Be Steppen, and Bedroom Confessions 27 plaid. Down the back stretch, and the favorites got the top. Lady Shadow and Yannick Jingro behind two lengths, secures command here and controls the pace. So Solar Sister, her arch rival, will stock from the second spot as they near the half mile. Frost Damage Blues is third. Divine Caroline edging to the outside. Flushed out by Sasa Hanover now. Saving ground is skipping by. And then on the inside comes Regal Electra. That one stride for stride with Katie Set to the outside. At the back is Bedroom Confessions and Better Be Stepping 54 and 2. And they are stepping 27 2 here. And it's Lady Shadow. Catch me if you can. Lady Shadow behind two lengths, getting away from. Solar Sister, Divine Caroline left out there and spinning her wheels now. Of course, three wide is Sasa Hanover around her. Pinned in is Frost Damage Blues. She needs some racing room as they turn home on three quarters and a dazzling 121 and four fifths. 121 and four for three quarters. Lady Shadow now and Jingra's going to work here. She's getting leg weary and she looks vulnerable now. And from between horses, Frost Damage Blues is trying to close in. From the inside, Solar Sister. And on the upside, Sasa Hanover. But Lady Shadow had more. Ladies Shadow locks it down in the Breeders' Crown. Lady Shadow, then Sasa Hanover. Frost Damage Blues and Solar Sister. Lady Shadow in 149 and 4. Well, guys, listen. Lady Shadow put in an impressive performance. But how about our man Garnett Barnsdale? $5 try here in this race. At, uh, you know, listen, Garnett... Uh, before I unmute you here, uh, some decent uh, some decent prices uh, underneath here for your uh, for your play. It looks like you're going to get thirty six to one and six to one. It's what it's going to look like. So Garnett, nice pay, play here. Well, it should pay half decent, especially with the thirty getting the thirty six to one shot second. And you know, some it feels good to be right once in a while. That horse was was loaded last week. I mean, she was loaded all the way around the racetrack. So I mean, I think she was a good play tonight, and it paid off for once. Well, you know what, guys? I do want to tell you there's a real nice steakhouse just a couple of do- uh, blocks over, so uh, I just wanted to throw that in there. Listen, guys, I, I, me and Garnett, we touted this thing, Mike Bozich. I, I got to tell you, Sasa Hanover, we both agreed, was locked in, looked absolutely loaded last week, and, and Sasa Hanover just, I mean, put in a monster, monster effort. I think another eighth of a mile, Sasa Hanover, now, they could have went 10 more times around this racetrack, I think, the two horses winning. But listen, man, 36 to 1, a fantastic price underneath, Mike Bozich. Yeah, I mean, this horse just looked fantastic. Uh, uh, 49 and 4, uh, you know, opened up a little bit and looked like perhaps, guys, that uh, this horse, I know Ken Warkin had said this horse looked a little vulnerable. It did look like she was kind of slowing down, but guys, I think that was just an optical illusion. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... I don't think she was slowing down. I mean, the the thing about this horse is uh, this mare is um, the faster you go early, it seems like the better it is. She just exhausts them. She's a it's classic, you know, bottom out the field type mare. I mean, twenty seven, another twenty seven and two, twenty seven and two, twenty eight on the end of it. Twenty eight's not really that slow for a final quarter tonight. So it might have just been an optical illusion for a few strides. She wasn't uh, she wasn't coming back to them at all, really. All right, guys. Well, the judges have posted the two Lady Shadow first, seven Sasa Hanover second, four Frost Damage Blues third, and the five Solar Sister in fourth. We're going to take a very short time out while we get things together in the winner's circle. Jeff Gotten is on deck with Yannick Jingra and the winning connections here in race number 
eight. Race number eight, not yet official. Again, unofficially, two, seven, four, five, one, forty-nine and four for Lady Shadow. We'll be right back. Get a huge boost to your bankroll for all of summer's best racing at Bet America. All new players can double their first deposit up to $300 with Bet America's 100% deposit bonus. That's the biggest sign up bonus in the industry. Sign up today and start playing the Bet America way. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And listen, Mike Bozich, I think if Garnett Barnesville could have went over this railing just now, he would have. $156 for a $2 bet. Listen, Garnett, you're taking home about 500 bucks here. Nice play. Uh, 312 and yeah, close to 400 Um Yeah, I mean, listen, if I, if I only played one combination, believe it or not, I would have played 274 in that order. So I, sometimes, it's, sometimes just things go the right way. Let me ask you guys a question. Are you a little bit surprised that uh, Sasa Hanover came from off the pace? I thought she would be one of the ones that would be a little closer, but she decided to come from off the pace. And, uh, hey, I think the strategy worked well for her because nobody was really beating Lady Shadow tonight. I think uh, I think she tried to leave, and uh, then when uh, the driver looked to his left, he saw there was five or six other guys going. So, you know, the, I, I think the trip was more of a product of what uh, what some of the guys to his left were doing at the start. But, you know what, a, a sharp uh, – the thing to know, the thing to always keep in mind about harness racing, a sharp horse or a sharp mare is a sharp mare, and sometimes the trip doesn't really matter when a horse is that sharp. No, certainly. Uh, so, Lady Shadow in there, the price is 240 220 $210. Uh, we talked about uh, number seven, Sasso Hanover, coming off the pace. And that's a good point that you brought up, uh, Garnett, because one of the things that kind of shocked us, number six, skipping by left. Now, she was 99-1, and we saw right away in that first turn, we looked at each other, boy, we, we knew she was in trouble. But uh, Sasso Hanover was second, $14.780. Uh, the four frost damage blues, $280. There's your exact $35.80. The try, a handsome $156. And, you know, I think. Mike, what we're going to do is we're going to skip that, skip that stage, stage joint because there's a real nice fine rib uh, restaurant, restaurant other going down. So uh, we're going to be eating good tonight, fellas. There you go, man. I'm, and I'm pretty hungry sitting up here in uh, the frigid uh, north here. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll bring on the prime rib. Medium rare. <laughs> Guys, Jessica Otten will be downstairs momentarily with the winning connections of Lady Shadow. Again, returning 240, 220, 210. Guys, $14 to uh, place on the uh, seven here. Sasa Hanover, I'm really kind of surprised with a one to nine winning or one to five. I'm looking at the odds for the next race. One to nine winning in this race. Um, I was not really expecting uh, that as a place price again, $14 to place on the seven Sasa Hanover. Well, they are finishing up taking pictures in the winter circle, celebrating Sasa Hanover's breeders crown victory. Again, 
standing on deck here is Jessica Otten. She'll be joining the Winning Connections here in just a moment, trying to get winner's circle reaction. Race number nine is up next, though, and, of course, Resolve, currently the one-to-five betting choice. Resolve is coming off of the $1 million Yonkers International Trot victory. Is not raced since October the 15th, so it took a little bit of time off. It's been off almost 14 days, so um, Resolve looks like a definite definite big play here uh garnett i believe uh, we're all alive here for pick four and uh i took a little bit of a price in here i went with the two and the seven i believe and when the pick four will pays roll back we will see exactly what they are paying to the two resolve it's been kind of a chalky sequence guys and you know we knew that that was going to happen that's the key to here we knew that was going to happen and Unfortunately, you know, those things do happen, and you just got to capitalize like Garnett just did. You can make money with a one-to-nine shot. I don't care what anybody says. You're not going to make money betting to show, but you can make money. Yeah, you can go ahead and laugh while you want. Laugh it up over there, Mike Bozich, me and my show bets. But I got to tell you, listen, you're not going to make money betting to show, but we we touted Salsa Hanover the entire time and you know so it was a uh it was definitely an interesting play 620 is what you're getting in the pick four if the two resolve wins one a healthy 140 dollars 50 cents i'm wondering how many um people have resolved singled here guys and uh that's going to be uh that's going to be a uh a question i'll put point to you guys when we dive into race number nine which is 11 minutes away again the trophy presentation now going on downstairs in the winner circle the purple haze winner circle here at the meadowlands again don't forget you can bet all of the breeders crown races here at the meadowlands on betamerica.com just gotten is standing by downstairs right now with driver yannick jingra the winner of race number eight Hey guys, I'm here with Yannick Zingra. Yannick, you threw in a bad start there at Lexington. Did you come back and race well last week? What did you think coming into tonight's race? Oh, I was really confident. You know, the way she raced last week, I thought she was by far the horse to beat. Uh, you know, she uh, she shows up. You know, it was one blimp, but uh, the rest of the year has been unbelievable. She has been ultra sharp. Now going to the three quarters in one twenty one and four. Did you did she feel strong coming home? Yeah, she did. But after on the stretch, she got a little bit. You know, the headwind was uh, getting to her and. Um, but I still had the plugs in, so, but I, I could hear them coming. When, uh, but the minute I kicked them, I kicked them out. She got into another gear, and I, at that point, I knew she was on for it. Well, congratulations, two down and many more to go. Thank you for your time. And there you have it, Lady Shadow in 149 and four for trainer Ronnie Adams and driver Yannick Jingra. Jessica, thanks so much for that. Race number nine is up next, gentlemen. It's in nine minutes. We're going to take a very short time out. When we come back, we'll go over race number nine from the Meadowlands. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland-Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. 
Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And race number nine is coming up next. Gentlemen, where where has this night gone? Listen, it is 10.25 already. Mike, the last three hours has been absolutely just flown by. and uh, But it's been a lot of fun. We're having some fun with our friend Garnett Barnsdale. And uh, Jess Scott is doing a fantastic job in the winner's circle for us here tonight. Race number nine is the Breeders' Crown Open uh Horse and Gelding Trot Purse, $500,000, presented by On Track Products. And, guys, I don't know if I see Resolve getting beat here, but I got to think that Flanagan Memory at 11-1 to 1, uh, might be a little bit of a price play. What say you, Garnett? I think so. I think, you know what, I think you also got to look at Crazy Wow at 18-1. to 1. I mean, there's, you know, his last uh, start, his last start for a purse on October 9th, where he finished uh, second, beating only a length and a quarter to Flanagan Memory. It was one of his best races in a while. Then he came back with a uh, 53 and two qualifier on a sloppy track on the 21st. So, and you know, you got Jingra, who's, you know, he's going to push this horse's button leaving the gate. Jingra, Jingra knows what it takes to win tonight. That's why he's come back to the winner's circle so many times already. <laughs> and you know, he's, he's as aggressive as they come regardless. So, uh, you know what, this horse is worth a play. At least uh, if you don't like him to, to beat the one to nine shot, put him on the bottom. You could get another $35 exactor like came in the last race. Yeah, certainly, guys. Yannick Jingra has won two of the three Breeders' Crown races here tonight. If he could pick up the win here, it would be his third in just four. But, uh, you know, Resolf has just been so super sharp. And uh, right now, one to nine on the board. We've seen a lot of chalk here today, uh, tonight. I don't know if that's going to change with as good and sharp as Resolve is. You know, you've got some other great shotters in here, others that uh, maybe just not firing at all cylinders right now. J.L. Cruz is certainly one of those. I mean, what a great year this horse had. Back in 2015, won 16 of 21, over $620,000 in the bank. Has struggled a little bit this year, coming off a third-place finish in the Alarage against uh, Flanagan Memory, who, uh, by the way, raced very, very well in the Yonkers International Trot, guys. Uh, then you have to think that the return to the big track uh, can certainly help Flanagan Memory, who is third-time Lasix. And by the way, Lasix uh, has appeared to certainly help this horse. This could be the one right now, 8-1 to one on the board. Yeah, guys, I think 8-1 to one is a strong price. And, you know, listen, first-time Lasix is a huge uh, angle for me. And two starts back in the Alaraz absolutely uh, looked very sharp. My only problem with Flanagan memory here, Garnett, and I think you might agree with me here, is that this horse is going to have to come from off the pace. He is not a speed horse at all. Yeah, I got a bit of an issue with that. He's going to be – where is he going to be, third or fourth over? And then if the flow if the flow doesn't uh, work out for him, you know, you, you could you might want to consider taking a taking a trifecta with him right off the ticket as well because he's going to be on a lot of them. You, I, you know, I might take a ticket something like uh, Resolve on top of JL Cruz and Crazy Wow. They might start out one, two, three that way and, you know, race that way all the way around the track. That's another way to think about playing this race. Guys, I'm, I'm going to look at a little bit more of a price play here, and I'm not really sure that it would be considered a price play, but this horse was seventh in the Maple Leaf Trot, and it is the four Wind Sun Revenge who has the speed to get to the front. And if listen, if anything is proved, uh, proved right tonight, it's uh, speed, Mike Bozich. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a, a chance, I think, for this horse coming off of a very solid quali- qualifier, 54-1. and one. You know, getting back to how this uh, may race out, I mean, you know, Resolve's got a very interesting decision to make. I don't necessarily know uh, how good his brushing speed is. I mean, he did brush at Yonkers, but, uh, I mean, he was right there pretty much. It wasn't an extended brush. I mean, if this horse does not live and does get away third or fourth, does he get the extended brush? I don't know. I just don't know if he's that kind of horse. I think he's got to go and go and uh, – 
if that happens, if that is indeed the case, like you say, there are others that can go. So maybe uh, for the first time and since like the third or fourth race, we can have some off the trot action here. But no, Garnet, you're right about Flanagan memory. I mean, he is strictly at the mercy of uh, what happens in front of him. There's no question about that. He doesn't really have any speed off the gate. So he is certainly at the mercy of the flow. So it will have to shape up for him. But uh, hey, I think uh, right now at seven to one, I think it's worth a shot. I mean, guys, the one to nines can't win all the time, can they? Listen, uh, you know, let, let, let Garnett come in about Winston Revenge here. Garnett, this horse is a horse that's coming in from uh, your neck of the woods at Mohawk. Uh, won some bottom-level condition races uh, back on August 26th and September 5th, and then put in a, a phenomenal, shocking third-place performance in the Maple Leaf elimination. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, what makes this horse, uh, you know, not necessarily good against this group, but a potential upsetter if the speed and the pace on the front end is right. You know, uh, just before his um, the third-place finish there, I think he had two starts off a layoff before that. He wasn't really doing that great earlier in the year, but in the two starts that he came back prior to his third-place finish to handle or handle over the elimination, he won uh, preferreds quite easily. And then you see uh, in the Maple Leaf, he was seven, from the seven-hole, um, you know, he was ninth early, seventh at the end. Then he came back with another two preferred wins. You're right. He races much better up near the front, and Scott Zeron will probably put him somewhere near there. I mean, he's got an outside shot to hit the ticket. All right, guys, let's go to the All-Star Buglers for the post-parade of race number nine. Let's meet the field for race number nine. Number one, Il Sonio Dream. Hasn't really hit the board in the last couple of starts, and I don't think uh, Il Sonio Dream's got much of a shot against this group. Draws the inside, but it's going to need a big effort. Number two, Resolve, has, has five wins out of 11 this year, but four of them have come in his last five starts, including the Maple Leaf Trot, where it was an epic race where he beat Hanelor Hanover. Resolve currently one to, one to five on the board, a very deserving favorite, trained and driven by Okis Fonstedt. Three is J.L. Cruz, had a fantastic year last year, has tailed off a little bit this year for uh, owners Wood, Ditmar, and Iaquinta. Eric L., uh, we've had him on the show plenty of times, Mike, and, uh, of course, you've got uh, the legendary John Campbell on the bike. Never count on John when the money's down. Three, J.L. Cruz right now, 19-1 to 1 on the board. Four wins, Sun Revenge taking some money at 12-1, to 1, is four for 13 this year. Third in the Maple Leaf Trot elimination and could show a little bit of an upset chance. Number five, Crescent Fashion currently... 80 to 1 on the board, no worse than fourth in his last five starts, driven by Dave Miller, who's already brought a 34 to 1 shot in tonight. Maybe not the worst horse to put on the bottom of your Superfecto wagers. Number six is Centurion ATM for Caronte being Canutes and Trotting Incorporated. The big thing about Centurion ATM tonight is the addition of driver Tim Tietrich. This horse is 60 to 1. Derek Givner from the DRF, who we had on the show earlier, uh, mentioned something about this Centurion ATM, was uh, trapped a little bit last time. Obviously, We'll see what Tim Tietrich does with Centurion ATM big launch shot. Seven is the closer. Flanagan memory. Guys, I think six to one is a very short price on Flanagan memory and is not worth the chance you're going to take. The front end speed has been holding up here at the Meadowlands tonight. Flanagan memory currently at six to one on the board. Number eight, Crazy Wow, is currently 16 to one on the board. And if there's going to be an upset or the big favorite, this might be the one here. He's only won one start this year, but he comes in off of superb qualifying effort and a second in the Alarage, driven by Yannick Zingra, trained by Ron Burke. Yannick's already got two wins of these three uh, Breeders' Crown races that have been raced. 
And the nine is Looks Like a Chippendale. Sylvain Fillion from your neck of the woods, Garnett's coming down to drive. Looks like a Chippendale, who's 10 of 32, 4 of 14 this year. Obviously, post nine is going to be very, very tough uh, off the uh, fifth place finish against the likes of Be a Magician at Yonkers last time. We'll obviously need some racing luck right now. Uh, is uh, 18 to 1 on the board. Getting some play a little bit, guys. Uh, I was kind of surprised to see the 18 to 1 odds on that looks like a Chippendale. You know, guys, this race is a little bit weak, if you ask me. Uh, you know, there's a lot of horses in here that don't really have that big of a chance, if you ask me. Elsonio Dream being one of them. Crescent Fashion is a, another question mark horse. But you're right, Derek Gibner from the DRF uh, mentioned Centurion ATM. And, guys, you know, Centurion ATM has been kind of hit or miss, was second in the Dayton Trotting Derby to Obregado, uh, circled up and around the field in that race. And then uh, was second in open handicap. Hasn't won a race since August 20th at Yonkers. Uh, Garnett, what do you think here? Is Centurion ATM uh, facing a little bit tougher company, too tough of company? Or do you think if uh, he can get off the gate, which is not, if you're looking at the book anyway, is not like him? It's not like him, but with uh, T-Trick, I guess the, the, you know, the possibility is there that he's going to leave out a little bit better. I mean, I've, you know, I, I don't really like him much. He was trapped, but he was racing eighth. I mean, uh, you know, in, in a lot of ways, you make your own trip. Uh, you know, if you have horse, then maybe move to the outside and you don't get trapped. I don't know. I mean, there's two different ways of looking at it, but uh, I don't want to disagree with the boss too uh, too much on the open <laughs> mic. <laughs> Certainly Listen, not. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to have to go in there and get him. <laughs> go in there and get him. Guys, uh, on the screen right now is the seven Flanagan memory. And Flanagan memory looks good on the racetrack, guys. You know, uh, at, well, they just switched the camera shot. But Flanagan memory looked good. The eight, a crazy wow, also looked sharp. This is a horse Garnett uh, touted a little bit, uh, thinking that uh, crazy wow a little bit of a shot. Mike, uh, looking at the nine, looks like a Chippendale. Most of them look like they're warming up pretty well. Yeah, you know, it looks like a chip. And like I say, I'm looking at this 19 to 1 price, and uh, I don't know. Garnett, you've seen this horse race in the preferred in the Maple Leaf against Resolve uh, in Mohawk. Uh, you know, Sylvan Fillion is making the trip down to drive him. What are your thoughts on this horse from post nine? I, I, you know what? At 19 to 1, I honestly think he's way over bet. He just jumped to 29 <laughs> to 1 as soon as I said it. Um, yeah, 29 or 39 to 1 makes more sense. I, can't, I really can't see him from the nine hole. I mean, it doesn't matter where he comes from. I, I don't like him. You know, guys, uh, we mentioned, and I know I, I don't want to, uh, you know, kind of get back to this. We're talking about the boss with Darren Kivner, but uh, <laughs> 50 to 1 odds Centurion ATM. And if you talk, if you think that a driver, especially when you got a guy like a caliber of a Dave Miller or a Team Tetrick, first time that these guys get on the bike. Now, all we have to do, guys, is go all the way back, not too far, actually, but just go back to, uh, well, I'm going the wrong direction, I think. But if you go back in the uh, the overnights to race uh, number three, I think it was, when uh, Dave Miller, uh, actually it was race four, when Dave Miller uh, drove home 10, she's heavenly. Yeah. If you look at this horse, I mean, this horse just uh, simply has, has no chance on paper. But you get a guy like Dave Miller, uh, first time Dave Miller is one of the angles that I always tell. I mean, the guy's a Hall of Famer, and boom, you know, for some reason this horse just wakes up. I mean, Centurion ATM has had the likes of Aki Swanstaff, the trainer driving, and Aki's a great driver. Steve Smith driving him over at Yonkers. So you never know if Tim Teacher can make a little bit of a difference with Centurion ATM here tonight, guys. And I'll tell you what, 60 to 1 might be worth a couple of bucks. Not, you know, not four or five bucks, but a couple, two or three. Listen, pull a five out of your pocket right now and run downstairs and bet this thing. I'm not kidding. 
freaking six it's, needle one. It's stuck, in my, one. It's stuck in my pocket. I can't get it out. Yeah, stuck in your pocket. You're saying that so Francine won't yell at you. Anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> six uh, uh. to one on the board to the six and Durian ATM. And guys, you know we we keep going back back to this horse. Centurion ATM, uh, of course, there's over 10,000 in the show pool, but it's kind of interesting. The second choice in the show pool, obviously, is going to be the seven Flanagan memory. And then, uh, you know, it's, you know, kind of a dwindling show pool after that. You know, I've got to look at the show pools before I make my bet, Mike Bozich. Yeah, they'll be going to the gate here in just a moment. I do want to remind everybody that uh, coming up tomorrow, we're going to be have uh, three hours of wall-to-wall Breeders' Crown coverage. The two- and three-year-olds will be in action here at the Meadowlands. Uh, we'll be on the air at 8.30 tomorrow, going all the way to 11.30. Guys, it's supposed to be a lot warmer tomorrow, so we'll be in good shape. We're going to uh, – Garnet Barnsdale's going to have winter circle reaction for us. Jess Cotton's going to be in the paddock, so we're going to have a lot of roving coverage tomorrow throughout the Breeders' Crown. You can check us out on post time with mikeandmike.com. Uh, Presented by Bet America on the Bet America Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com, iHeartRadio, iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, uh, you know, all that good uh, 21st century stuff. But the gate is moving into position, Mike. Uh, let's give us a horse. Uh, who do you think? Your final picks. Centurion ATM. <laughs> I'm going uh, I'm going to tell you what I punched in here. I got a $10 exactor, 2.8, and a $5 reverse, and I uh, hope it comes in with the 8 on top, and I catch uh, the pick 4 for a good price, too. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, go ahead and stay with the, the choice. I think Resolve, after that international trot win, has just looked too darn good. But uh, obviously, we want to put a price uh, in back of him. And, uh, hey, I think six and Centurion ATM could go in back of him easily enough, as uh, well as number one, Sonia Dream. Obviously, we want to put some long shots behind him. Well, it's time for the ninth, and it's time to go to the great track announcer here at the Meadowlands, Ken Warkinson, as he gives us the call and the narration of the Breeders' Crown final the open trotters from the Meadowlands. Ken? Trotters near the gate. It's post time. Preferred equine starting gate is rolling for race nine. Breeders' Crown final. Open trotters at one to five here. The two resolve. Seven to two action on the seven. Flanagan to memory. And the others in double figures here. Four wins on revenge at the 13 to 1 here. 1 to 5 on 2 resolve. Looking for four consecutive wins. And it's the Breeders' Crown Final. Open Trotters presented by Back on Track Products. On gate. Here they come. And they're off. Crazy Wow blasts off on the far outside. Wins on revenge uh, steps out sharply there as uh, Crescent Fashion made a break. Crescent Fashion is off stride, and Jail Cruz is away alertly in third. Resolve, the big favorite, goes up fourth now, and he's going to tuck in and just behind Jail Cruz, heading to the opening quarter. El Sonio Dream is fifth. And then it's uh, Flanagan Memory in the sixth position past the opening quarter, followed by Centurion ATM, and looks like a Chippendale. And far back after break, still off stride, Crescent Fashion, first quarter, 27 flat. In the backstretch, Wind Sun Revenge. Scott Zeron paves the way, leads it by a length and a quarter. A crazy Wow pockets up here. And Jail Cruz tightens it on the inside, gets a bit closer in third there. Resolve in that fourth position right now. And Opie Sponson takes a peek over his shoulder, and uh, he sees Flanagan Memory coming, so Flanagan Memory flushes him out past the half. And then it fills Sonio Dream to the outside Centurion, ATM, 
and looks like a Chippendale in Crescent fashion, 55-3, a 28-3 second quarter. So well-rated here is a win-sun revenge. Uh, resolved now doing it the hard way. First up now to challenge on the outside. They had the three quarters on the final turn. Crazy well on the inside, gaps that pocket some, and setting it up second over is Flanagan Memory as uh, Resolve is right there on the outside. Second needs to do a bit more right now. Centurion ATM is stacked up now on that dull flow. It looks to a fan to the outside. Might be pace compromised here. 123 and two-fifths. They're into the stretch drive of the British Crown Open Trot. And it's wins on revenge. Spencer done all he can here. Up the rail. Watch for Crazy Well. Resolve on the outside. He is uh, all out now. And off that cover comes Flanagan Memory with Brian Sears. Resolve takes in. Flanagan Memory on the outside. Jail Cruz kicking in late. Flanagan Memory! Flanagan Memory in the White Knight scores over Resolve. And it was Jail Cruz and Winston Revenge in 152 and 1. Flanagan Memory in the Breeders' Crown. Well, there it is. Flanagan Memory going off 4 to 1. Boy, did this horse take a lot of late money, guys. This horse was 8 to 1 just a few moments ago and uh, was able to uh, outclose uh, Resolve and the rest of them in what was a blanket finish. Uh, it's going to be a photograph for place, uh, looks like, between Resolve and, uh, let's see. Well, it looks like Resolve may have gotten a clear second there. It's more of a show photograph, and it did look like 3 JL Cruz got up. 7 uh, 2 Put your glasses on, man. Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we got to have a little bit of fun, right? Yeah, the judges post the seven Flanagan memory. And Garnett, listen, man, a big, big mile from the seven Flanagan memory here. But the pace fell apart. Look at this, 27, 55, 23. Where were they going? Well, that's the thing. And uh, you know what? After so many races where um, the front looks so good, then you got more guys that want it. You know, they start to know it. So, I mean, Flanagan memory was definitely a live horse off his last couple starts. And he went a really big mile in the international trot. If there's any kind of flow, I think he would have been a clear second, but he couldn't get uh, he couldn't get any kind of cover flow that race. Garnett, please tell me you use this horse in your pick four. I have the pick four for two bucks. I don't know what it's paying. It's paying a hundred about 150 bucks for a for a buck, so no, or for not. 50 cents. I promise you it is. No, I, I did. I said it before. It was six bucks with it was six bucks with the two. I think it was, it was 150. No, sure. I, I it looked like 150 I from up here. Hold on, let's look. I got the little page Which right is, here. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was 15 for 50 cents or something like that. Let's see. Now let's see what this pick four plays. Seven uh, Flanagan memories headed to the winner's circle right now. Great drive by Brian Sears. Like we said, when we saw the 27 opening quarter and the 55 and three half, we pretty much uh, figured that uh, this race is going to be one from off the trot, and it was pretty obvious at the top of the stretch that Resolve was uh, hanging a little bit. But Flanagan memory, we talked about how good this horse was. Ever since he's gotten on Lasix, that great effort last time in the Oncars International Trot, coming home wide, finishing a good closing third, the win in the Alarage first time Lasix, and uh, Flanagan memory takes the uh, Breeders' Crown, and it's obviously a very happy winner's circle as uh, Brian Sears is uh, entering the winner's circle right now. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what, uh, oh, is, that the, is that the manager making all that noise down there, Mike? You know, it is Brian Sears, and... and uh, I think it is the manager out there making all that noise. Uh, well, he is the biggest, the world's biggest Brian Sears fan, you know, Mike. Yes, sir, he is, and uh, definitely the manager uh, putting on a show downstairs for the fans. Mike Bozich. Yeah, let's see. I don't think Jessica's going to. Uh, 
I don't think Jessica's going to interview uh, the manager, but Jessica's going to try to get some interv- uh, winter circle reaction with uh, Brian Sears. Flanagan Memory uh, is a Breeders' Cup champion entering the winter circle. Flanagan Memory is six-year-old horse by Cadabra of the Yankee Glide Mare Classy Stacy. Uh, bred by uh, Michael Flanagan, owned by Liette Flanagan, trainer Renee Dion, Brian Sears, the winning driver, 19th career win for Flanagan memory. As he adds to that $1.2 million bankroll, you can make that about $1.6 million, somewhere thereabouts. Uh, and, uh, you know, Flanagan memory, I thought it was a tremendous, tremendous drive. Uh, but Resolve really looked like he was all in at the top of the stretch. I mean, Winsun Revenge had the lead, set that solid tempo. And we talked about Resolve's failure, perhaps, uh, to brush, you know, and I think that's exactly what came uh, about here tonight. Uh, Resolve was just too hard to use. I thought race pretty well to be second. Prices aren't posted. Flanagan Memory gets it done. A British Crown champion, $10.63.220 across the board for a $2 mutual. Number two, Resolve, $210.210 across. Number three, JL Cruz finished third, $4. The Exacta paid $23.20. The Trifecta paid $101. And listen, we never got the end of that pick four dispute, guys. What did that pick four end up paying, Mike? The pick four, uh, I believe it paid about 33 or $34, so it wasn't too bad. Listen, he's got it for 2 bucks. Listen, we're joined by a very special guest. It's kind of a last-minute thing, but listen, when we do these radio broadcasts, you know, last minute's always fun before we bring Just Gotten in, and uh, Justin Horowitz is joining us. And, Justin, listen, man, the front end has held up a, a ton here, and in this last race, uh, obviously the pace kind of fell apart. What do you think of Flanagan Memory? Flanagan Memory is a horse that loves the Meadowlands, and we've seen him in some big spots, winning the Cashman a couple years ago on Hamiltonian Day. It helps to have Brian Sears, but I thought the key move in that race was he was able to flush out Aki Swanstead and have him tow him all the way to where he needed to go. There's no one better than Brian Sears getting that perfect trip in the Meadowlands, and Flanagan Memory is a horse that you always need to respect when he comes down to the Meadowlands, just has a big late kick and loves the long stretch here. Now, Justin, going into tomorrow night, is there any horses that you uh, that you like, that you don't like? We, we know, listen, I'm so fancy, I know did horribly tonight, but is there any horses you like or don't like going into tomorrow night? You know what? I, I'm excited to see a lot of races. I don't know necessarily from a wagering standpoint, but I'm really excited to see the two-year-old pace down by the seaside in Huntsville. I think that's going to be a sensational race. Obviously excited to see Marion Marauder. He's been so great all year. And another matchup that I'm super excited, the three-year-old Philly Trot all the time, to, to do what she's done this year to win the Hamiltonian Oaks and then almost die with the college surgery. And now she's back a couple months later, not only racing, but looked sensational winning her elimination. Her matchup against Broadway Donna and the three-year-old Philly Trot. Broadway Donna was also amazing, parked the entire mile. That, those are a couple races I'm really looking forward to on Saturday. Now, Justin, real quick, we, uh, while we look at uh, some of tonight's races, uh, Wiggly Jiggly and Always Be Mickey, these two just consistently – all the time just go at each other's throats. But in my opinion, and I know a lot of people's opinion, Horse of the Year was probably uh, settled, depending on what Marion Marauder does tomorrow night. Yeah, I think Always Be Mickey really sealed the deal. I mean, interestingly, though, they're going to race most likely two weeks from now in the TBG final here at the Meadowlands. And it's something that, you know, thoroughbred people don't really understand because they wait six months to maybe see a matchup of their best horses. And that's it. You know, they run the Breeders' Crown, that's the Breeders' Cup, and that's it. We've been waiting for this matchup. They've now raced eight times this year. It's 4-3, Always Be Mickey. But if Wiggler Jiglet beats them in two weeks and Always Be Mickey's last career race, then what? They'll be 4-4. And then it's up to you to decide, was the Breeders' Crown the crowning moment for Always Be Mickey? 
or is the Wiggle Jiglet getting the last laugh, so to speak, if he wins in the TVG final? Is he the horse of the year? That's really the only way I see Always Be Mickey not winning horse of the year, hands down, is if he loses the TVG final to Wiggle Jiglet. Well, Justin, you do a fantastic job here at the Meadowlands. You've been working your butt off in there and downstairs and on SNY. We certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy, busy night to join us. Hey, thanks for having me, and I love you guys. You guys do an awesome job. I appreciate all the work you do as well. Appreciate it, Justin. Thanks, man. All right, thank you, Justin Horowitz uh, and uh, Jessica. And right now, standing by with driver Brian Sears. Let's, uh, Let's send it right now to Jessica. Jessica, go ahead. Hi, I'm joined here with Brian Sears, winner of the age trotting race. Brian, you raced really well in the um, international trot. What did you think coming into tonight's race? You know, I, I, I like... I like the horse. He's racing really good. You know, I just hoping to get him in a halfway decent position out of the seven hole, and it worked out good. I got to follow the favorite resolve, and uh, took me right right to the head of the lane, right where I needed to go. And uh, this horse, he just he picks him up. And what does it mean to you to win a Breeders' Crown? Well, you know, it's uh, to me, it's a job. You know, and it's getting the job done, and, and that's what I, that's what uh, is gratifying to me. And uh, Renee and Susie, they do a lot of hard work on this horse, and to uh, have it work out for him, I'm glad to be a part of it. Well, thank you so much, and congratulations. There you have it, guys. Planning in memory with driver Brian Sears to win the Open Trot. Thank you very much, Jess Scott, and great job tonight. And uh, we're only about the 10 minutes away from being forced off the air. Three hours is the maximum time they allow us. I, I can't believe they give us three minutes, Rich, but they give us three hours. Once again here with the natural Rich Matei. And uh, I don't know if I've ever introduced you properly. Rich, you do some announcing. You've done some announcing, quite a bit of announcing at, at Ocean Downs this year. You're a great uh, handicapper. You've won some uh, thoroughbred and harness handicapping contests. Uh, very, very sharp at the game. And, uh, we aren't going to be broadcasting. That was the last Breeders' Crown race. We're not going to be broadcasting, but there are still four more races left on this Meadowlands card. So for those of you playing at home, uh, Rich did, decided to do us a favor, and he's got a horse that he really, really likes a lot. It's coming up in this very next 10th race. you got seven minutes to post. So, Rich, without further ado, take it away. So we're going to look here at the three celebrity Pegasus. Last time was a victim to the slow pace. And if you watch the replay, this horse, Gets into the screen at the very end, was flying home, and there's a big driver change. Dave Miller, he's the best on trotters. This horse is five to one, and anything five to one or higher, I am going to the windows and putting whatever I have on them, which is not much. So, <laughs> Now, Rich, hold on a second. Hold on real quick. For those of you keeping score at home and looking at the program at home, if you look back down four starts ago, last time Dave Miller was on this horse, he won at my home track, Harris, Philadelphia, and it now one is a 15,000 last five and 154 and three against uh, the likes of uh, Harley Mama and Watkins, both very nice horses. As a matter of fact, I think Watkins may have come back to win his next race. Plus Dyson, the horse that he lost to last time, was a big drop down from the Grand Circuit. And when a horse gets to go 56 to the half on the lead, you know, they're not going to catch him. And this horse made significant ground, and he's facing a lot softer today, and he should be good. All right. Well, the Breeders' Crown champions in this race, market share from 2013, and he uh, did have a lot left in the tank last time, closed up the inside, never really a chance of Harris Philly. So maybe play a 3-5-5-3. Rich, we're going to hear from you tomorrow. You will be here tomorrow, right? Yes, I will. Um, very excited for tomorrow's races. I have a few tricks up my sleeve, so hopefully we should catch some tickets. All right. You'll be up here uh, joining us, uh, stopping in. Uh, Rich, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Good luck on the rest of the card. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. That's, uh, I like to call him the natural, Rich Matei, and uh, we'll be down there talking to you in a couple of minutes. Uh, well, guys, it's uh, 1053 Eastern time. We are seven minutes away from getting 
forced off the air uh, is, <laughs> but uh, we guys, we have had just a great, great time here tonight. We saw, I don't know if there was really any big surprises, maybe Flanagan memory, certainly the biggest, but uh, we saw four really, really good races. And tomorrow we will see uh, eight of them. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a fun, fun night of racing. Don't forget, we're going to miss the first two Breeders' Crown races. We're only allotted three hours of broadcast time, so we're going to be on from 8.30 until 11.30. We did not want to miss the three-year-old Colt Trot slated for the end of the program. And listen, guys, it has been a fantastic night. Everything from always be Mickey and Wiggle and Jiggle it round number seven. Uh, round number eight is coming up in the TVG final in just a couple of short weeks. And, you know, I'm really excited to see it. We've seen Hanover Hanover do some great things. Flanagan Memory pulled off a uh, great victory here as well. And uh, Mike Bozich, what you got? Well, we just want to uh, – we didn't uh, want to get off the air. I see Jessica's still on the line. Let's see if you drop and see if she's done. Jessica, are you still with us? Oh, yeah, I'm still here. All right, well, listen. I'm right around uh, the corner. No, oh, you're oh, there. You are. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off of the phone, and then I'm bring you over here on the mic, and uh, because you did a heck of a job. Come on over here, Jessica. Come here. Now we only have a couple of more minutes left. They're saying they're gonna force this off the air, and I know you've got your notes, so you've got a couple of minutes. I want you. You're gonna be basically going around the horn by yourself okay. for the last five minutes or so. So this is going to be yours. I'm gonna hand you over the mic. And uh, this is all yours. So you've got uh, about four minutes and 30 seconds. Good luck. I don't know if I can go through all my notes in four <laughs> minutes and 30 seconds. Um, whoops. Um, I'll race four. I have the train, uh, the tactor trainees. Um, That's All Money and Ariana Dree both drew well um, coming out of the elimination. Race five, I really like um, the roaring to go out of the Kevin Lair barn. I think that she raced awesome her last time out. Um, let's see. Race six. Um, there's no questions asked about the impressive Walner. Leaves from post two. Uh, we'll just see where he ends up. Let's see how fast he can go this week. Um, race seven will definitely be a speed duel between both 49 Pacers down by the seaside for the Brian Brown barn and Huntsville for the Ray Schnitter barn. Both horses came from behind in their eliminations, leaving from the outer post. Uh, but they both draw inside this week, so we'll see how it uh it pans out. Um, race eight, uh, I kind of threw out all of the morning line odds. It's a great group of trotters. You've got um, Marion Marauder, Sutton, uh, Bar Hopping, Southwind Frank, and Weightlifter K. Um, I think Weightlifter K will be there to pick up the pieces if something happens on the front with them all. Uh, race nine, we have the three-year-old Philly Trotters. Um, all the time coming off of an impressive um, two qualifiers after colicking after the Hambo Oaks. Uh, I think she's the one to beat here. Um, Caprice Hill was there last week. Broadway Donna won her elimination. She uh, raced really well also. Um, race number 10 is a wide open field of three-year-old Philly Pacers. Um, you've got the Jugget winner, L.A. Delight, the Million Dollar Mare, Pure Country. You have Newborn Sassy who came overcame her post seven. Um, to win her elimination also. Now, Call Me Queen Bee was also right there. Uh, race 11 for the three-year-old Colt Pacers. Uh, my pick would have been betting line, but he is not, unfortunately, going to be racing. Um, Western Fame draws post one. Has been nothing but impressive um, from his program starts. Uh, Fernando Hanover was closing late, and um, I think he'll be right there also. So, um that's my around the horn real fast. 
Listen, Jessica, we got we got to tell you, you have done a fantastic job here tonight. We certainly appreciate it. And listen, we know it's been your uh, this is your first broadcast experience, correct? For those who don't know you. Yes. Now, Jessica is from Michigan. Uh, she does a lot of great work at Northfield Downs with Facebook Live and things of that sort. And listen, we wanted some young blood on this show, and uh, you have stepped up to the task. Mike Mike Bozich will agree with me here. When you like stormed through that crowd to get to Jimmy Packer, it was the most hilarious thing I saw. Uh, <laughs> it was so much fun to watch you like weave through there to try to get somebody. So uh, we certainly appreciate your hard work tonight. Thanks. And um, by the way, it is way warmer up here than it is down there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it has been a fantastic night of live harness racing. We're back for Breeders' Crown night number two tomorrow night. For Jessica Otten, Garnett Barnsdale, Mike Bozich, I'm Mike Carter. Thanks so much for joining us here on our Breeders' Crown Friday night show. We'll see you back here tomorrow night with the first post of 830. Good night, everybody.